what happened when a black guy, a white dude, and an Hispanic man happened to be pro wrestling marks? You get debates, roasting, and fun in Jeep Nation's newest podcast, Breaking Ring Rust. And it starts right now. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to Jink Nation's presentation of Breaking Ring Rust. I'm JT, along with your host, Rock Mr. Magic. Ray is in an undisclosed location this week. However, it is not drug rehab, and sir, I resent your indication that it is. How is your week so far? My week has been awesome. I have finally converted you to a Miziac. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm from Detroit. He's from Cleveland. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. I do like the awesome, but never going to happen. Never will be a Miz fan. I do respect Miz. That's the most he's going to get out of me. Until he renounces You got to admit, he's come a long way. Oh, the... He's come a long way because I couldn't stand him when he had that stupid fedora thing going on with those goofy pants and him and Morrison were a tag, which they were a good tag together. But his whole shtick and gimmick was uh, made me want to puke. Hey, where were they on the list? Miz and Morrison, they didn't make the list. Yeah. Miz and Morrison didn't make the list. (laughs) They belonged on there more than the Usos the, the Usos the Uso have had like 15 more tag team title reigns than Miz and Morrison. They were still a better tag team than the Usos. I will, I will give you that. As a tag, they were definitely a better team. And they had a fantastic feud with DX. That was, that was really uh, entertaining TV. I did not like to see them go over DX, but it was a very enjoyable feud to watch. I will give you that. Well, you, you ripping you ripping off of off of Bruce already? You drinking on the show? Come on! It's a Baja blaster. Oh my God! You went to Taco Bell. All right. Well, let's to start. Let's talk. Yes, about I what, did. Let's talk about what promotions you we've watched this week. I'm going to admit I haven't had the chance to watch this week. It's been a busy, busy week. But uh, I did get to see a little bit of Raw. Uh, and unfortunately, I stopped watching the streams I stumbled upon um, after Bosch Mode uh, did her thing, which we'll cover a bit later. Uh, but what did you watch this week? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watched some old, uh, well, not really old, but 10-year-old uh, WWE pay-per-views. I watched Unforgiven 2008 and No Mercy 2008. Um, there are two pay-per-views I had never watched, uh, for, uh, a very good reason. I used to, I was watching at the time and I remember I had a gig the night of Unforgiven 2008 and I went to the gym the next morning and I asked my buddy, what happened? He said, oh, they took the bell off punk. I said, well, I figured that would happen. They said, no, they took him out of the match before it even happened. I said, okay, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> well, to me, anytime the belt goes off a of punk, is a good thing. 
that guy had so much talent and he was really I mean, when you look at everything else that was going on at the time and you look at everyone else uh, that was in that championship scramble at the time, he really was the best thing they had right then, especially considering who else was injured at the time. And uh, I I know the argument was that uh, Jericho and Michaels needed the belt for their feud, Uh, but there were any two guys who didn't need a world title. It was Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. I do agree that Michaels and Jericho did not need the belt for their feud. Um, however, I prefer to see the belt on Michaels or Jericho a thousand times over seeing anything on CM Punk. I, I just, I don't like CM Punk. I never have, never will. Um, I thought he was an overhyped worker. Uh, I, I didn't even think he had that much charisma. He just, he liked to push buttons. Um, and he got over by pushing buttons. He tried to go uh, more of a – to me, I felt he was a, a wannabe, a straight-edged version, wannabe Stone Cold by pushing the buttons of the establishment of the of management. Um, I felt he went way too far too many times. And there were so many times where I just wanted Paul to just haul off and knock him out and just shoot – beat him up in the middle of the ring every time he would run his skinny little mouth. Um, and I'm so happy to see him get his world rocked in the UFC just to shut him up and like, you ain't that tough. You ain't big. You ain't bad. You are overrated and you are all hype. And the fact that he's been running from uh, uh, Jason David Frank, who's like 15 years older than him, refuses to fight him. Uh, just confirms that punk is just a punk. I, I, I have no love uh, for Phil Brooks and his wrestling career, post wrestling career, UFC career. If I saw him at a con, I'd probably super kick him. You're you're just mad that he got AJ and you didn't. AJ too skinny for me. I I don't even care. He got AJ. You can have her. Tell that girl to eat some. Give her. Tell that girl to get some collard greens in her. Collard greens will not put weight on you. I, I, I'm from South. Collard greens will not put weight on you. You know how much ham hock's supposed to be in that, right? Come on. Collard <laughs> greens put some weight on you. Now, here's the thing with Punk. I, if you say I don't like his personality, I get that. But if you're going to diminish his entering skill, you lose credibility. I never liked his work. I, I never liked – I thought – I think the GTS is trash. I, I – I'm not saying he's a bad worker. I don't think he was great. I don't think he was upper level. He definitely wasn't the best in the world. I thought he was an average, maybe slightly above average in ring worker. He was never more than a mid car guy to me. I, I just don't see him as anything else. I don't think he deserved to get the shine he got. Uh, but that, that's, but that's my opinion. I know they had a rash of injuries why they put the belt on him in the first place. So he kind of fell into it, but not that great of a worker, in my opinion. I would have rather seen someone like Christian have the belt, um, even though he wasn't there at the time. Like That's somebody I'd rather see who at least had charisma and was a fantastic worker. Like I just I look at him and I'm like, nah, man. Just not feeling it. Couldn't disagree more. I mean, I, I was a big fan of punks before he got there. 
Um, wasn't a big fan of the work he did in TNA, but the stuff he did in Ring of Honor, uh, with Samoa Joe, the stuff he did with Ricky Steamboat, um, pretty much everything he did before WWE and once he got to WWE, um, you know, if he wasn't presented as a top guy, especially during his first run, that really goes on WWE for the way they presented him. I mean, when you put a guy against Bradshaw at SummerSlam, I think it was, and then have a DQ, that doesn't help a character. You know, at, a mat, at SummerSlam and you got a, a new world champion, you put him over. Right. Especially the guy who's, you know, was retired not that long before because he has a bad back. Right. Now, the, the booking didn't help him, and, and I don't blame him for being the victim of bad booking. Uh, I don't. I, that's, that would be completely unfair on, on, on me to do. I Some people have gotten bad booking, and they've overcome, and they have did well, and he did what he did. I just didn't like the way he did it, the way he went about it, um, you know, and not just not just the personal, not just his personality, not just uh, you know his his general attitude. I just thought that his and I really didn't see him really bring much out of people. I thought the match he had with Cena, um, and I, you know how much I don't like Cena, but I thought Cena brought out the best that Punk had, in, and I didn't think it was that good. Um, I look, I think about great wrestlers and they tend to enhance the people around them and the people they're having matches with. I did not, I personally didn't see that out of CM Punk. Um, I've seen that out of guys they don't like. I've seen that out of Cena. I've seen that out of Orton. I've seen that out of a lot of people. I did not see that in Punk. It just made Punk look like more of the mid Carter that he was happening to be on the top of the car where he didn't belong. I, don't know. I think I think Punk had a, a lot of great matches with guys, and I think he, um, and I think he not only overcame bad booking, he came, overcame a lot of people that were against him behind the scenes. Drove past that. That's not a lot of things guys can say. How many people can say they overcame bad booking? They overcame bad booking in a first world title reign. They overcame people with power in the back being against them. And got over and, you know, and then had a lot of success and then kind of left on their own terms. Yeah. I, I mean, he did. There's only so much like you can say that they were so, so against you. Like people cannot like you, but you can't say they're so against you. But Vince gives the final say on everything. So you can't say that all these people were, in the, in the, were against you because if Vince okays it, then the back isn't truly against you. They may not did want to push you, but they're not against you because everything goes through Vince. Right. But then there's still more than Vince in the back. And there are a lot of people in Vince's ear. That doesn't mean those people weren't striving against you. Agreed. Agreed. When it comes to people we don't like or people getting buried, people getting pushed, mm-hmm. we're going to go to bury to push it uh-huh. for this week. Now, you know how I personally feel, but I'm going to try to be objective here. Um, Why be objective? What's the point of a podcast if you're going to be objective? What's the whole point? Because, you know, I try to be fair. I want people to at least, you know. Uh, did you just hear your conversation about CM Punk? 
hey, I was trying to be objective about that. I agree with you on some things, okay? I just, you know, I right, CM Punk is trash. I and so is Botch Mode. So if you saw Raw, Botch Mode, KO Liv Morgan. Oh, I never even finished what I was talking about. That's okay. Well, that's because it was about CM Punk. Well, uh, and oh, and I never finished saying. Um, I was watching the May Young Classic last week, and there was some excellent wrestling on there. It was good to see Caitlin back. Yes, there was some excellent wrestling. Um, some of the best wrestling I've seen probably in the past couple of months was on the May Young Classic. And, uh, and gosh, I'm trying to remember who it was that did that insane uh, spot. Um, um, Mercedes Martinez. Love her. That that this the spot where she did the basically the wheelbarrow one winged angel, mm-hmm. um on um, gosh why am I blanking on her name? Um, help me out here, Matt. Oh, I'm trying to remember her name too. From TNA. Yes, I know. Uh, what is her name? Looking back through my notes here because I sent this to you right after I watched it, and I was like. You and, and I was like, you've got to watch this because I sent this to you last week. Problem is, there's so many former TNA Madison knockouts. Rain. Madison, Madison Rain. Rain, yes. I was thinking which, beautiful people, but I was like, which one? It wasn't Angela. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And when she did that one winged angel from a wheelbarrow position, I, it looked like it killed her. And you even saw the referee literally in shock. And just being like, are you are you okay? You know, I mean, not not the kayfabe. You know, I'm, I'm going to check on the wrestler spot. I mean, it was no, this was like a legit like, like spot. Like he was like, "What is she yeah. all right?" Yeah, and that had to be one of the most insane spots I've seen in 40 years of being a wrestling fan. And that was that was amazing. Um, there there were several um, you know great matches uh, last week. That was one of them. Um, like I said, great seeing Caitlin back, see her pick up a win. Because mm-hmm. um, I'd have been really ill if she hadn't won. Um, and yeah. And um, <clears throat> then um, uh, Casey Catanzaro, uh, great to see how she's coming along. Um, and uh, then um, trying to think of the other one. Um, me a um gosh does she need to learn how to sell gosh that was that was horrible she does an injury spot then forget she's injured until the very end of the match that was yeah that was that was very that was horrible uh, that was horrible that's unlike her i was kind of surprised by that yeah well, she does an injury spot makes a comeback with it with that hand with, with that hand yeah yeah and then and then as soon as she picks up the victory she starts selling the hand She'll again grab it in again yeah that was yeah. that was bad yeah i told you about that and you're like oh it can't be that bad now you've seen it yeah it was that bad it was it was bad yeah. Well, well, well. Actually, well, you never. We never even finished that. Well, let me jump into ahead a bit because um, Mia is actually officially signed with WWE, so she will be at the Performance Center um, with her boo, uh, Keith Lee. So, are, are you going to bury? Your I was going to say Shelton Benjamin. Hey, hey, ain't maybe, no maybe. stopping me, no. Oh wait, I, like I, I still say he was hitting that. They're, they're, they're like brother and sister. That's right. Yeah, that, that's that's what they say. The, yeah, like Lannister brother and sister. Um, 
she <laughs> being that she is officially with the WWE, are you going to uh, bury or push success from Mia Yim and the WWE? From the things I've seen of her so far, I'm going to bury it. Okay. So, uh, have you seen have you seen her TNA work? Has anybody seen her TNA work? Yeah, I did. She was knockout champ for a bit. I've seen it. Person who saw it. You were the person watching that week. I know a lot of people who have. Now, great, great, granted, TNA like WWE struggle to push effectively women of color. And then when it comes to a woman who is black and Asian, who do you who do you pander to to push her as far as the audience? They have no idea. Well, I mean, here's the thing: TNA has actually had some talented women like Madison Rain and Jesse like Green. Gail Kim. Well, Gail Kim, but I mean, WWE had her first anyway. But They couldn't do anything with her, though. But they, they, they also had, you know, Victoria. Gail just retired. Um, right. But, well, I'm talking about uh, uh, people who are still active wrestlers and are still okay. doing things. Um, you know, uh, Chelsea just left them, and she's doing a lot of things. She was just an all-in, and I think she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Laurel Venice, whatever you want to call her, she's great. Right. Um, I think Allie's great. Um, Alicia, um, I'm a fan of, Mm -hmm. um, and I think there are, um, you know, there, there are quite, there's quite a good group of talent there or talent that at least has potential. Yes. You know, um, and, and here's the thing. I'm, I'm a big fan of women's wrestling and I'm glad to see what it's become. We both are. Yeah. You, you probably bit more than me, but yeah. yeah. And here's the thing, you know, I've gone through stages when when I first became a wrestling fan, you had these women who did body slams a very strange way, mm-hmm. very strangely. They threw drop kicks kind of a weird way. Um, and and more of them looked like Tim Horner than looked like women. You know, well, they were they were trained differently. Like they they were supposed to work like women and not work like men. But it was it was a different time, and 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 then uh, we got in, in the eighties. You had a good crop of women. Um, with My like girl Wendy Richter. Uh, um, I didn't mean her. Um, I was actually talking about the later eighties <laughs> when like Medusa came along. She won PWI Rookie of the Year. Okay, yeah, Medusa, um, Luda Vachon. Yeah, Sherry Martell, people Sherry. like that. Okay, that could actually work. Um, and more look less like Tim Horner. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of developed, and, and you got, they got more of that Japanese influence. Yeah. You had, and, uh, and, you had a luxury blaze in her match with Bull, Takana, and stuff like right. that. But a lot of them were going and training in Japan and things like that, and were doing things and picking that up. And then it just kind of went away. And then, when WWE brought back women's wrestling in 1998, they had some women who could work, but instead of going, oh, let's have women who can work, they had women who could work to make models passable. I, mean, I, I can't. Most of the women they had really couldn't work. I mean, they had. No, no, you're not letting me finish because they had Jacqueline and they had Luna. And they yes. had Terry, Terry, Terry Pock, Terry Pock. About to say Terry Reynolds came work. No, okay. no, Terry Pock. Okay, who was Tory? Right, I remember. Yeah. I remember Terry. 
who, and you're skipping and you're skipping ivory don't forget ivory right and, and i'm getting there ivory who all could work but they were there to basically help like deborah and sable right get by you know it was all about that and most of the time you had these women who could actually wrestle being in evening gown matches or in these stupid situations, you know, where it didn't make any sense. And the women who really could work usually weren't getting in the situations, you know, whereas, well, I mean, you had Miss Kitty as the. Oh, my God, that was terrible. You had oh. Harvey Whippleman at one point as the women's champion. You had yes. Stephanie before she could actually work as the women's champion. Which I understood because she's a big man, and that made sense story-wise because Vince was champ, you know, without being able to work. And, you know, so because it's a big man, she has the power to do that. But I no, kind of overlooked that. But, but the Vince thing made even more sense because at the time Vince was a face. And he kind of got drugged into it by Triple H, who was a heel. Right. And he got the crap beat out of him, and he only won because Austin helped him. And then he turned around and he surrendered the belt. Right. And if you and while people crap on Vince winning the title, if you go back and watch that episode of SmackDown. Well, he took the biggest beat. He got the right. crap beat out of him. But the crowd popped like crazy when he won. Oh, they did. Yeah. And it got over. And I remember... A friend of mine who was with me, uh, like when we we went to Greensboro and saw the McMahons versus Austin Ladder match, we mm-hmm. we saw Austin win the title in Charlotte the next night. Um, we you know and we watched the pay per view where Vince got kicked out of the WWF together. Um, you know he calls me and he just read the SmackDown spoilers. He's going, man, Vince wins the title. That's awesome. You know. And and watching it, you know, and seeing Vince in his suit covered in blood, then Triple H, you know. Yeah. And it wasn't Vince won and I'm over and I'm putting myself over. It was a fluke, you know. Yeah. They had, you know, Stephanie won the belt and she kept it forever. Yeah, she kept it for a long time. But they were also kind of, you know, doing the whole power couple between her and Hunter. So they kind of had had to have right. her carry the belt but, for a while. But what I'm getting to is... After that, they were doing like all these matches with women who weren't really trained as wrestlers. For a long time, yeah. Trish wasn't trained. Yes. And then you had the only trained wrestler you had for a while was you had like uh, Jacqueline occasionally wrestled, but they were using mm-hmm. her as a trainer a lot. Right. So you had Ivory, you had and Lita. Right. And then you had, and that was basically it. And then that was you it. had you, you had Tori who couldn't wrestle. You had Stacy. Yeah, Kiba who can wrestle. Right, yeah. and and you had them basically doing gimmick matches. Yeah, they were doing bra and panty matches <laughs> right. and, you know, whatever. You had... And um, Deborah still a bit. Right, you had, um, what's her name from... Don Marie. Ugh. You, Ugh. you know, you had... Hot mess. You know, you had all these women who couldn't wrestle. And you had Sable come back. Right, you had Sable come back, and she still couldn't wrestle. Right. You know? so even though she and Stephanie had a brutal match, she still couldn't wrestle. Right. You had all these, you know, and then you got this guy in the office with a raspy voice hiring women out of lingerie catalogs. Yeah. You know, and, you know, he's hiring girls and like, hey, uh, you ever think about being in wrestling? 
Uh, do you have any lingerie pictures I can look at? Don't and, don't forget um don't forget what was her name, uh, Ryan Shamrock. Yeah, then, uh, you know who who was a girl uh, Ken was dating from a strip club. Uh, so that's the story, at least. Yeah, and you know, I mean, at least she didn't wrestle. You know, but Thank you God. Had, but you had matches from like 1998 through the or through like 2010 or so. For the most part, okay, and I'll I'll note the exceptions mm-hmm. that that I was basically embarrassed to watch with any females when they, yeah. were, um, you know, where it's just like I I can't excuse this, I can't justify this, you know, and I remember even uh, when the video games started getting to when we got bra and panties matches on video games, right? Like, you know what? You know it's it's like. You know, I remember, I think it was like one game they announced, we've got Elimination Chamber and Braun Panties matches. I'm like... Yeah, that was one of the early SmackDowns. Yeah. I forget which one. Yeah, you know, I think it was like Bring the Pain or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, and I'm like, what is the... What? Why are we... Why, why is this a thing? You know, so... Well, we, because they they were they were still in, they were right. still selling sex when it came to the women. But, um, they didn't care about the workers, okay. and even and there's one woman you forgot they did bring in um, in the you know early two thousands. Uh, they brought in Jazz, who to me was one of the best workers they've ever had as a female. But they couldn't. But she looked like a bulldog. This is, you know, so, so what? Just because she's ugly doesn't mean she can't wrestle. She could wrestle. They couldn't work. They couldn't use her because she is not conventionally attractive. And that's the main reason why they couldn't use her. They didn't know how to book a woman who wasn't a, a sex symbol to anybody. Well, also, you know, she she stood like she was. Never mind. Anyway, <laughs> the the. Don't tell that to Roddy Mack because he might come at you. Her her wife, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, so the but here here's the thing. I, I, I was following WWE developmental at the time. Okay, okay. all the different facets of it, and I, and I followed women's wrestling at the time, and and I knew who was on the independent circuit, and I knew who could actually wrestle. And they had, they hired a ton of women that could wrestle, could actually work. But there was a, a thought at the time that, that, you know, nobody wants to see pretty women wrestle. They just want to see them go out there and they didn't care if they could work. Unfortunately, and, for a while, that was a true statement. Wasn't true for me. I well, that to, wasn't true for me either, but I, unfortunately I for a lot of fans... And I wanted to see them wrestle. Unfortunately for a lot of fans, it was true because that's the only reason why Sable got over. Hey, pe- most people feel that Sable's attractive. I thought she looked a bit mousy. Um, I was I never... like a horse. I was, <laughs> oh, Lord. Let, let, Every let, time she opened her mouth, I expected to hear, Oh, Wilbur. <laughs> 
I, I was I'm not gonna say the woman looked like a horse. I felt that she looked a bit had some pointy features, a bit mouthy. Uh, I don't find her ugly, but I don't I don't think she was all this smoking hot, you know, woman that they pushed. Um I thought Deborah was a more attractive woman than Sailor, to be perfectly honest. Um but Hello. Oh, okay. Well, Sunny was Sunny before is the still, drugs. Before the drugs, she was the queen. Yeah. She was the top diva. She was the most over and the prettiest diva, um, or manager they had. Cause she really wasn't technically a diva yet, but she was numero uno, without a doubt. Uh, and obviously, the some of the predecessors like Sherry, um, Elizabeth, uh, but they were over because of their looks. So for for most a while, that was what people were wanting to see. They popped because they saw the pretty woman. They weren't popping. You know, Sherry Martell was getting a bigger pop, you know, for a while than a Lundra Blaze. A Lundra Blaze could work. Because a Lundra Blaze slash Medusa is not the greatest looking woman. Not ugly, but nothing, not something that's special or spectacular. Sunny, you know, got over because she's pretty. So you, you have all these women who are getting over because of the looks and not because of what they can do in the ring. And Vince was chasing the money. You know, he you know, bringing in Keebler, bringing in Wilson, um, bringing in Don Marie, because someone convinced him that she's pretty. Uh, Wait, here's the thing with Sunny. Sunny wasn't just pretty. Sunny had personality. She yes. had charisma. She yes. could talk. She could cut a promo. And she had the uh, she had an innate ability where she had the same fans who hated her when she was on TV and when to see bad things happen to her would get right on AOL and download her pictures. Yes. Oh yeah. And, and there's a, there's, she, without the, like, she couldn't have been the number one downloaded woman in, in the world without that. Like it's impossible. She she was you know it, she caused problem backstage. It's the only reason Sable got bigger than her. And and then Sable caused even bigger problems for her, and 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 I and and, and that's facts. That's not debatable. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's facts. Sunny never sued him for one hundred and ten million dollars. No, she did not. You know, Sunny didn't publicly smear them. You know, no. Nope. Um, and and you know, so she's, you know, it's you know, the the you know, Sunny. People liked her, and Sonny had passion for the business. Yeah, and I was about they, to say that. Yeah, Sonny actually loves the business where right. Raina got pulled into the business because of being married to Mark, and they just happened to want to say, hey, can we and, use your wife? And, oh, sure, try right. it out. And, and, and that's the thing. When WWE was signing all these women in the 2000s, and I'm talking about 2002, 2003, 2004, 2006, there were women – that loved the business. I mean, loved the business, you know, and they were, and they could work, you know, some of them were beautiful. Some of them weren't, right. but WME had them under contract and then never used them. And they were people who were passionate about the business. In the meantime, you know, Hey, uh, I saw your bikini picture. Uh, would you like a contract? You know, and they're doing these diva searches, and don't get me wrong, because they got some good people out of the diva search. They did. What, Christy Hemi? Christy loved the business, man. She, she loved the business. Doesn't mean she was great. I didn't don't dislike her, but let's sound like I like she was a great find. Did you see her work in TNA? Her work, she got better in TNA. Yeah. Um, I, and also, I think that 
she may have been able to be more of herself in TNA than she was in WWE. She had, look, here, here's something she had that you can't, and this is something if you talk to any promoter, anyone who's been a promoter, she had it factor. She had an intangible you can't put a finger on. You can't describe. And if they had given her more time to work on what she was doing, she, okay. I, I think she really could have been something in the ring, and I think she showed that in TNA. If she had had better people working with her like WWE, like WWE had a performance center like they do now. That could have helped her, yeah. yeah but she, but I, I don't know if it really would have helped her because they wouldn't be training her to be a worker. They'd have been training her to be a demon. They'd have been training her to be more her to of be a, a sex symbol. She was, she, she wrestled she, for the title at WrestleMania. If you call that wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it was a horrible match, but it was, but I think they would have, they would have pushed for her to be a worker. And she, and I mean, she actually, once she got to TNA and was able to actually able to work as passionate as she was about the business, I, I'm not saying she would have been Trish Stratus. See, I don't even think Trish was that good. I mean, I, I knew Trish wanted to last me. Blasphemy. I don't think she was Blasphemy. that good. I've never, I never liked her work. I, I know she worked hard at it and she wasn't a worker at first and then she trained and trained and I'm not taking away from her effort at all. I just did not enjoy her matches. I did. I don't think she's that good. You're, you're, you're going to be hard pressed to find a better women's match than her, her final match against Lita. 90% that was Lita. I would rather I would rather watch I would rather watch Wally Holly wrestle, much better worker, much smoother, much more convincing. I'd rather watch Lita wrestle. I'd rather watch Jazz wrestle. I'd rather watch. I was because Lita at that point had actually gotten pretty sloppy, and and she that's started, not she, she was about to retire too. She started hurting and people, that's, and that's not just my opinion. The the general consensus at the time of of of, of respected wrestling reporters was Trish is the better worker. Lita sloppy at the time. She had gotten sloppy. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm talking and, overall. And, and at that ma- and at that point in time, if that match was good, it would have been because of Trish, not Lita. I think Lita carried her in that match. Cause that was no. one of the better matches. I see. I saw Lita work. I thought she carried her. No, it was, uh, that was Trish. Cause Trish was t- Having, because at the same time, if you look at, they were wrestling a lot of the same people. Yes. And Trish's matches were getting a lot better praise against those same people than Lita was. And that's the real measure. Lita's matches, especially after she came back from her neck injury. Well, she was never the same after that. She became a complete spot monkey in that. After the, after surgery, and really didn't do much of anything. Like her matches were definitely extremely below the bar after her neck injury. And 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 she and there was a lot of things that she was doing that were sloppy, reckless, and she didn't. And she lost the ability to camouflage what she could not do. She was right. still throwing those those like weak punches that looked obviously fake. And I remember reading, I want to say it was Dave Shearer or somebody had written, you know, you know, at least, you know, Trish has realized, you know, don't throw those. You throw forearms, you, you throw kicks instead, you know, you do the, you know, and, and it was, and it was comparing and contrasting the two, you know. I, I would say, yeah, well, Trish definitely learned lessons better than, than Lita did. Um, 
I, I, I won't take that away from her. I just, I was look, I, I'm a lead fan, but you know, when Trish came in, she was a fitness model, but you know, and, and people say she wasn't trained, but she was already trained with Ron Hutchinson in Ontario. And so, well, she didn't look like it. Right. She, it wasn't, I mean, she, she hadn't trained to the level that edge and Christian had when they came in, but she had already had some training. She, yeah, but it didn't look like, like she looked like she had never trained a day in her life. And, and, you know, but she had already had the thing and she got better at it. And she still, this day, when she came back at Royal Rumble, looked better in the ring than a lot of the girls that are active now. She, she looked, certainly looked better than Sasha did. I don't. I don't know about that. Like, so better than some of the girls, yeah. Um, I, I don't know about how, if she looked better than Sasha did. At least Trish knows how to throw a knee without falling down. I, I also thought Sasha was not rumble too long. I mean, she was she was tired by the end of that thing. Oh, I'm not talking about the Royal Rumble match. Well, you said the Rumble. Well, I, I'm talking about Sasha in general. Oh. Oh, okay. I'm not. I'm not the huge Sasha fan, but I, I. I don't know. I think about the the women of that time. Um, I understand that they, you know, Trish was the prettiest woman they had in their opinion. Um, she really wanted to get better, and Vince looked at her and saw money. I I, I can't knock him for that, um, and I understand wanting to push her. Um, I understood that knowing the personalities of some of the women that they had, um, I know he wasn't going to be able to take like Molly Holly and push her the way he wanted to push Trish because Molly wasn't going to be, you know, that sex symbol. Um, I understood that, you know, um, you know, Victoria wasn't was was older than the rest of them she was a big bigger stronger she wasn't going to be that type that vince was going to push him vince has this thing for blondes um you know if you're blonde you're probably going to get pushed so i i I understood that but at the same time because it is business it is a story I just didn't think her her matches were i just think her i didn't like her work i thought her moves were uh let me say this. I thought her, her setups and her finishers were extremely weak. I did not like the whole, uh, was the satisfaction. I thought that was extremely weak. Um, I didn't like the chick kick. Um, I thought the best thing as far as her signature that she did was the whole matrix duck. Um, now her basics, her basics got now, really. You say you don't look like the chick kick, but. UFC was a real thing at the time, and every event we see somebody get knocked out with that same move. No, it, 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 was, it wasn't convincing. That kick was not convincing at all. It well, was, I mean, wait, who's convincing. your favorite wrestler again and your favorite finisher? My favorite wrestler? Yeah, and, and what was your favorite finisher again? My favorite wrestler is HBK, which you know. My favorite finisher is uh, the Razor's Edge. No, last week you said it was Sweet Chin Music. Uh, no, 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 no. We'll listen to the tape. Razor's Edge. Razor's Edge is my favorite finisher. 
Okay, but maybe I know. I love me some sweet chin. I love me some sweet chin music. Now, however, you don't you don't see first of all you don't see sweet chin music really outside of the wrestling ring. I think once or twice you've seen somebody doing the UFC and and it it was like nothing because if you do sweet chin music properly, you're putting so much weight going backwards to sell the height of the kick and make that pop noise without hurting somebody. So you, you don't see that in UFC. You don't see that in real fights because it's a, it's a worked kick. But that kick looks like it could do something. Her kick, a, a very slow crescent kick, just was not convincing. It just wasn't. It was not a convincing kick. I, 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 I wasn't buying it. And I do think... Um, I will give Trish her Trish Trish her due um, that her basics got phenomenally better. Um, just basic wrestling um, holds. Uh, I think she did a fantastic job um, telling stories when she would attack the body. I thought she did great with that. Um, from you know wrist locks to hammer locks to headlocks, I thought she did a phenomenal job from where she started to where she ended. Uh, it came to to me mainly. I just didn't enjoy as the match progressed beyond there to to the punches, even to when she started doing the forms because it looked better for her. And I didn't enjoy her her signatures. I just thought they were extremely unconvincing, and especially the Strass faction. That was just like, what's the point? Of that? Bulldog, huh? A springboard bulldog. It, it, it didn't have much to I mean, it. Like I, it's more impact than a regular bulldog, which was a finisher for years, and some guys still use a regular bulldog. Nah, I think Jericho was the last. Then he wasn't even his finisher. It was a, it was a setup move for him for the for the lion salt. Um. Well, and then she had that other move. What was the other? What was the other stupid move? What was the move she did in the corner? Um, with the uh, the 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 handstand. Um, but she would have her opponent on, sitting on the on the on the top rope, and she'd do the handstand and act like her putting her ankles on their head was going to make them, uh, you know, flip down on, onto the mat. I forget what that move was called. I, I don't know that there was actually ever an official name for that move. Oh, it was trash, and she did it all the time. It was just trash. It was it was, it was trash. I thought I thought the Strass faction just there were times where she hit it and I was like, hey, okay, that one looked good. Most of the time I was just like, eh, I'm not I'm not buying it. I probably would have I probably would have liked it if Trish had um like most Canadians would have had a really legit submission move. I probably would have liked it more if she had some a lot more submission wins than trying to do this really slow kick. I just, I, I wasn't buying, I wasn't buying her signatures. I wasn't buying her finish. I thought she did vastly improve. And I'll never take that away from her. I'll never take the fact that she did want to be better. And she did love the business. And I don't argue people putting her high on their list of top female wrestlers because of that. But I do, I just feel she's overhyped. I don't think she's as good as people hype her up to be. So what we've learned this week is that Matt does not like good wrestlers. 
No, I like good. I like excellent wrestlers. I like good wrestlers because Molly Holly. You can't tell me Molly Holly's not a better wrestler than Trish Stratus. Right. You can't tell me that. And, and you ignored something in that tell, story. You can't tell me you Victoria. Something like I, I'm talking. You ignored something in the middle of that, and that was that. Like during the middle of all of that, Molly Holly retired. Of her okay. Own. And 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 Victoria was a better wrestler too. And and keep in mind, Victoria became a better wrestler. But keep in mind, Victoria was also barely more trained than Trish when she started because she was a fitness model too. Yes. And 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 she um her stuff looked more believable. Well, she was also really stiff too. Yeah. And and so, you know, I mean <laughs> that's not always the best thing, you know, and no, I'm a big no, I'm not. fan. Um and she also had some problems with getting injured too. Yeah, well, the legs constantly. Yeah, yeah. And she, she was like uh, Kevin Nash, like all of a sudden, oh look, right. Victoria popped in the quad. Right. And so, and here's the thing: I'm a big Victoria fan, and I Widow's Peak is one of the coolest finishers oh, ever. Great finish. I mean, that's just a, a, a really cool finish. Yes. Um, and and um, I, I wish Peyton still did it because that was cool when she did it. Um, I don't think Peyton has the frame to really hit it the way Victoria. Because Victoria's a, a big woman. You know, she's got a, a wide frame, a strong frame. Peyton Royce, kind of frail. I don't call her frail. She's she's very live. I shouldn't say frail. I mean, she's got definition, but she's she doesn't have that. She, she's got a dancer's body because, I mean, obviously she's a very well-trained dancer. Right. But see, she, yeah. Victoria had, you know, girth to her. She looked like she could deliver that move in the just crush you with it. Well, Peyton also know Matt likes his women thick. I do like my women thick. I ain't going front. I like me some thick girls. Thick girls. Hi. Ain't nothing wrong with them. Nothing but, wrong. But no, I mean, and, and hey, I, I was a fan of Molly's all the way back to when she was moaning. This Madness 99. Yeah. But, but no, I was a uh, big fan yeah, Molly, of all Molly those retired. Women, but yeah, she but she retired. Uh, Victoria, I think injuries more than anything else plagued her, plagued her because they did push her. If you recall, oh yeah, uh, she, did, she did a nice run with the belt. Yeah, and um, you know, uh, although uh, her win over Trish at Survivor Series 2002 still kind of scratch, scratching my head over that because she went over with a vertical suplex. Yeah, I didn't understand that finish at all. Yeah, like, she's got um, a great finish. Let her use it. Um, although I don't think she was using the widow's peak at the time, but still something better than a vertical suplex. Something you know? that can showcase her power. Yeah. Um, but you know, and here's the thing. I don't think I disagree with you going on Vince push Trish cause she's a pretty blonde and she was the greatest one they had, because I think if you did a poll, a lot of people would say on conventional beauty that Stacy or Tori were prettier. Um, okay. I clearly, think clearly Stacy and Tori were prettier, but they are so also on wrestling. I think, but I think it's just that Trish got herself over from being that fit person to being someone who reinvented herself so many times, uh, and being someone who developed and the fans actually cared about. Uh, over time, um, you know, yeah. who can ever forget WrestleMania 20 when she turned on Jericho and became evil Trish? I forgot about it until you said that right there. 
That was one of the coolest spots. I, 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 I just, I wasn't. Where she makes out with Christian and she wipes her lips and get looks back at Jericho. Ah, it was so gross. Every time she kissed a dude, I was like, ah, because it was so sloppy. I'm like, did she kiss like that in real life? Kissing Vince, kissing Jericho, kissing Christian. And there was always drool. I'm like, ew, why are you so sloppy, girl? That's, that was, ah, uh, I, I, no, that, that, I wasn't feeling that. I, I do think that, I don't know. You mean like I thought face Trish was better than heel Trish. I didn't think Trish was that convincing as a heel, but that maybe that's just me. She was great as a heel, and when she would come, her 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 entrance at WrestleMania 21, she comes out and and the top hat and the suspenders, and she's just so cocky, and she gives the bow in the ring. I mean, I loved it. I I loved heel Trish. I that love top face hat Trish. was so goofy. That, that cowboy hat top hat thing she would wear was so goofy. I was like, what is this? Get get something else to wear. Some what are you, cowboy hat. Like, what are you, Canadian cowgirl? Like, what, what, what was that? It wasn't a cowboy hat. It was like it was, a fedora. I don't know. I, 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 I think of Trish, I'm thinking of her in that goofy, like, half top hat, half cowboy hat. It is just terrible. You look great there. Trish was great. Uh, I'm just, but anyway, the whole point we were talking about this was we had great women's wrestling then. Then Trish and Lita leave within a month of each other. Mm-hmm. And then we get treated to, to Kelly Kelly. Yeah, to Kelly Kelly. We get, we get uh, who, who also, in my opinion, was not that pretty. No, someone needs to feed Kelly Kelly something. And, and, and there was, and I, I, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure she paid good money for her body. Um, she needs some refunds because there's still nothing there. But her, but her, her face didn't think it was that pretty. Still don't think it's that pretty. Not um, ugly, but she's she's a woman you can meet on the street. Like she's not an ugly woman, but she's not something that you body wouldn't and, think. And and she married herself a rich sports guy. And hey, you know, good for her, for her know whatever, but you know, um, almost ruined Chris Jericho's marriage. Not so good for her. Um, oh, did I but, know that? Yeah, we'll talk off air. Um, okay. And then, um, but there's, uh, but you know, we we got them, and we got we got a few girls who wanted to learn how to wrestle, like Michelle McCool and Maurice, who wanted to learn how to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And you know, you still have Maurice today. Um, right. But then we also got your two favorites, the Bellas. Oh, and God. man, were they terrible, and they're still terrible. Still trash. And here, and here's the thing: people say they've done so much for the women's division. They've gotten so good, and no, they're terrible. They're bad. Um, and and no, to me, somebody said to me, uh, said posted thing online said, uh, "Wouldn't it be great if Nikki came back and won another women's title?" And I said, "No, it wouldn't." And they said, well, come on, what, admit it. Wouldn't you be happy to see her? I said, no, because to me, she represents everything that was wrong with women's wrestling for several years. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. During that time, you had some women who could wrestle. Michelle McCool became a very good wrestler, I think. She, she developed um, into a, a – Okay, I won't say a, great, a, but she well, was she, – She became an average good, to have an above-average match. Uh, um, uh, 
during the short time that she was around, and she still showed it last week, Caitlin really progressed, um, mm-hmm. and especially once they let her become herself. Yes. Um, and they stopped making her be uh, what they wanted her to be. And right. she got to be more of herself and be a certain and, 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 and be herself. Um, and she showed last week she can really work. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some bright spots in the women's division, but let's face it, they were few and far between. Right. I mean, we had some um, just debacles like uh, uh, Ascana School. Yeah. No. Oksana. Oksana. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Most like. Thank you for reminding me of that. I'd block that out of my head. <laughs> well, it, was, uh, it was like, you know, what, 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 why, how? Yeah. Next, you're going to remind me of when they tried to let Rosa Mendez wrestle all those times. Yeah, I was actually going to mention Rosa Mendez. And, uh, um, and, and then the, the, the run with Molina, who had a great Molina- entrance. Had Molina, a great entrance. Molina wasn't a bad wrestler. Molina wrestled. No, no, I didn't think she wasn't bad, but she was. She Molina was, was one of the, the brighter spots they had for years, and she uh, and she's still working the Indies. She worked in the Indies. I was actually familiar with her work when she was Kyra um, before she was Molina. Um, and, her and, her and WWE he, run just was it was rough. WWE it, wasn't letting her do her stuff. Well, no, I, I agree. Um, I mean, see, well, that's why I'm saying it was rough. Like, I know she's not a bad worker, um, yeah. but they they really limited what they would allow her to do. Yeah. And it she had a very a great entrance in that city, which is yeah. sad because she's more than that. She had a, a uh, she had an MMA based gimmick when she was Kyra. Yes. And she and, 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 and the stuff she did then was really cool. And then it was just like, once she got there, they were just like, Hey, you know, all that stuff that worked for you before, stop doing that and do this other stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, because well, yep. you know they have to create everything. You know they have to create the new character. They can't can't have an existing gimmick and come yeah. in and and have you know free reign and think you're going to get over. You've got to get this new gimmick here. Become this. And speaking of gimmicks, Candice Michelle. Oh, oh God! I, I I tried to block that one out too. Yeah. I, well, I I had blocked it out until I saw her wrestle Beth Phoenix in Unforgiven 2008. Oh. No, not Unforgiven. Uh, no Mercy 2008. Sorry. Um. And, uh, you know, and I mean, she's someone who came a long way, but never was, you know, I mean, she came in and was, Hey, she's done some dirty movies and some fetish stuff. And, you know, she's pretty, you know, but then she tried really hard, but then she just kind of disappeared, you know, they say Nidia tried hard too, but she didn't have any talent. Yeah, I mean, and 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 here's the thing I'll say about Nini: like everybody I've ever heard say anything about her is that she was like the nicest person you'll ever. Meet. Oh, I, I heard that too. I heard that like she's yeah. like the sweetest girl you ever met. Yeah, um, and I'm not knocking her personally. I and I hear great things about Candace too. I've always heard she's very sweet. That like you would expect, you know, someone who's done everything she's had to be kind of like hardened. stuck up or, or yeah. something, but that she's really cool, you know. Um, and I hear she's like very down to earth and very like faith oriented these days and it's like awesome. Uh, but I mean, but like we had so many bad years where, you know, I used to be embarrassed for women's wrestling because it was all these 
Ron panties matches and wet t-shirt contest on TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I was just embarrassed to watch it because, okay, we're PG now, but you got a bunch of women who can't walk without tripping over themselves, you know? Right. And it was like, okay, well, they're not doing TNA, but they got hired because. Because of TNA. Right. And I'm going, what's the difference? But then, and this was one of the things that I took, a, I took some time off from wrestling where I wasn't watching it all the time. I still kept up, you know, mm-hmm. I would still read stuff from time to time. I'd sit down and watch from time to time. Now, you knew what was going on, but you weren't watching. Right. Right. But one of the things that interested me was when they said, look, they're actually getting serious about women's wrestling, you know. And I knew about Arlette and Bailey and Becky and people like that. And, you know, I started seeing some of that stuff from NXT and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. They actually have women who can wrestle, you know, who can do things, who can do stuff, at, you know. And, and, and then uh, they also had... Uh, I, you know, Samoa Joe's in there and, you know, other things brought me in too, you know, mm-hmm. uh, cause I'm a big Samoa Joe fan for yeah, you're a big Samoa Joe fan. Right. So all that brought me back, but that was a hook. I'm not saying the women were the only thing brought me back. There was a lot of kind of perfect storm of things brought me back, but right. that was one of the things that brought me back, you know, and, and of course Brock Lesnar being back. I mean, golly, you know. No, I got you. I mean, that, that kind of brought me back because I wasn't watching for a while. Um, being that I don't have cable, it was impossible for me to watch Raw SmackDown. And when I had the, when I had the network, I was hoping that they would do replays, but they, they weren't. So I was like, okay, this is pointless for me to have this outside of the pay-per-views. So, you know, I wasn't uh, watching. And it's still hard for me to watch because I still don't have cable. Uh, so I, I catch what I can catch. But I was pulled back in because of a lot of things, especially on NXT. I liked the story uh, format of NXT at that time. Uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, Finn Balor, you know, I was a, I was a Prince Debbie fan. So when he showed up in NXT, that was a big draw for me. Um, Samoa Joe, I'm, I, I respect. I've never been a fan of his gimmick per se, but he's excellent to watch. Um, and so that, that was, you know, seeing him there. And like you said, even though I'm, most of the women's gimmicks, I'm not the biggest fan of right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, like a like Bailey, you know, I, I would actually like to see her. Um, I mean, her her gimmick fits her and who she is, but I would like to see her have like a, a heel run where she just uh, goes uh, off script. Um, I thought, um, you know, your your girl. Uh, I thought a boss, uh, I thought heel Sasha Banks um, was fantastic. That was a, you know, she played that character great. Now, obviously her in-ring work left a lot of hurt bodies, but I thought heel character Sasha Banks was excellent. Um, you know, you know where Sasha Banks would be really good? Wow. She'd be great in wow. Well, you okay. Well, speaking of wow, um, I can get you back on the agenda somehow. Speaking of wow, uh, they just signed, um, Eddie Guerrero's daughter, Shaw to be a announcer for their program. So now within a week, week and week and a half, they've signed Tessa, they've signed a Guerrero, 
And in my opinion, WoW seems to be trying to make moves, cashing in on this women's movement and trying to establish themselves as a more prominent promotion. They're trying, but here's the reality. There's WWE already. There's NXT with women. There's already, there's women of honor. Yeah. And there's impact. Right. If WOW presents itself as any type of front or tries to present itself with any major thing, WWE will just present a women's show to counter it and smash it. Because WWE already has enough women that they could present a women's show. And I'm pretty sure if they did a women's show at this point, they could probably get a pretty good viewership even if they just did it on Netflix. And pro- I, I, I guarantee you get more viewers than 205 Live videos. Which to me is a travesty because I love 205. But I always love I Cruiserweight do, but Wrestling. I don't even watch it anymore. I, I love Cruiserweight Wrestling. I always have. I, I do too. But it gets to be tough to keep up with sometimes when you have a life. Well, the problem is something we've talked about before that they just they have too much on. The problem is exactly. no one can no one can keep up because they have so much programming on. They um, where they need to just they need to go back to a more of a simpler schedule. Like there's just, there's too much going on, right? And well, I mean, but see, I, I think I think if Wow wanted to make a legitimate case for themselves, if they could potentially have. The be the premier women's show just because I think they would let the women have more freedom. Um, you, I think you would see things similar to what you've seen the women do in like Lucha. Um, well, they'll be able to take bigger spots, they'll be able to have more in depth characters. I don't think they'll be restricted as much. Um, WWE obviously can command a bunch of eyeballs. I don't necessarily think that they would be committed enough to making it the product that it would deserve to be. Uh, so I think we'll have a chance to, to really finally fill their niche, um, but it's going to take a lot of work um, and it's going to take them to, to pretty much have, um, have a, have a sustained Bischoff moment. Um, my Bischoff had in WWE, but sustain it to continue to be different from the way that WWE presents their women. Who's uh, going to distribute them? Who's going to distribute what the show? Mm-hmm. You have the internet. You got you got so many channels now. It's not like you have to fight for TV time, really. You know, you've got you you've got, you've got impact on Twitter. You got you got Twitch. You got YouTube. You got so many more avenues than you had before. So many well, Twitch. Unless you're going to make, and you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, and you're going to make that the one free channel you subscribe to, you have to pay for. So, how many people are going to pay five dollars to subscribe to Wow? If they just you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to pay. Yes, you do. I, I watch Impact on Twitch. I don't got to pay. I watch a whole bunch of stuff on Twitch. I don't got to pay nada. And I have people come in my office every day to dispute their Twitch charges. <laughs> well, they're probably they, they are. That's user error on, on them then. And if they are, and if they stream it, then they've got it just on their website. Then they've got to pay for bandwidth. 
Yeah, but bandwidth is cheap nowadays. Distribution and viewership that's going to compete with Vince. I'm not saying they can. I'm not saying they can beat Vince. I think they can position themselves to. Be, well, you just said they were going to have and sustain a Bischoff moment. No, I said they would need to. I, I'm saying they would. I would say they would need to to position themselves as the premier women's show. They would need to have and sustain a Bischoff type moment. Now, what I mean by Bischoff type moment is not. Is that is not beating Vince, but being different. That's why that's why I mean by Bischoff moment. They need to be they need to be significantly different from the WWE women's product. Well, I mean, I think they and they can be different. I mean, I think they were already different when they were being Glow 3.0 in see, I, 2002. They need to be significantly different. But I mean, something they that they were, have, people haven't seen before. But I mean, if they really want to to be a a substantial product. They need more than Tessa. They need one more than one of Eddie's daughters as a commentator. They, oh, I, I agree with that. They, they they need to they need to get um you know the, the women who were at all in. They need to get um they, they need they, Jordan Grace. They need to get uh, some women from Japan. They need to get some women from Mexico. Yeah, not sexy star. They need to get, um, they need to get Eva Lease. They need to get, um, <clears throat> they've already got Santana. I think she's still their champion. Um, they need to get, uh, you know, some names. Um, they need to get Taya. They need to get a few other people that can, that are, that are, are known from indies and from other, uh, TV promotions or that tape traders, for lack of a better term, would know mm-hmm. that can get a buzz out there and also that have a presence on social media themselves that can say, here's where we are and here's how to watch us. Right. And here's how to watch us specifically. Um, <clears throat> because that's how it's going to draw eyeballs to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's plenty of people that I've followed on social media that are now in this year's May Young Classic that are going, hey, I'm going to be on May Young Classic tonight. Now, I'm already a subscriber, but I'm sure there are people who have been following them from the Indies that are subscribing to WWE Network uh, that maybe don't already subscribe or haven't been subscribing for a while just to see their favorite on the network. Okay. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> At least they're doing the three-day trial. Or maybe returning for a month just to see this. Right. You know. So, if you have something like that, then you at least can maybe get people to get and to do something like that. However, I feel anything Vinny's as a potential threat, he's going to quash. Um, I, I don't think, you know, and Bischoff talked about this on his old podcast like a year ago, you know, and to do anything that's going to be substantial against events at this day and time is going to be almost impossible. You know, um, the only people that really have a shot at it is Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. and that's only because they have Sinclair. Okay, yeah, and sense. you know, and he went into and, and 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 I I don't have all the facts and figures of, but he went into basically why. Even with a situation like that, it would be almost impossible because of all the commitment it takes and all the finances it takes and all and what it would take from the owners as far as commitment to go into it. 
Right. Not just from the owners of the company, but of the distributors. Yeah. When I like to see a, a women's wrestling promotion as an alternative, and especially if it's taken seriously. And it's just hard, especially because it's wow, to believe that there would be a legitimate alternative that would be taken seriously. Because I remember watching the show in 2002 and just being like, oh, man, this is crap. Well, I remember watching it in the early 2000s as well. And while I enjoyed it, it did feel like, you know, Glow 2.0. Um, you know, well, Becky that's because it was the same person. Right. You, know, you had Becky, you know, Becky, the farmer, Becky, the farmer's daughter, and you had uh, Danger and you had, uh, I uh, forget the name of their champion. But she had, uh, you know, uh, something star, said something like a uh, Lana Star, Lana Star, Wonder Woman like gimmick or whatever. Um, and every, everything was very, I mean, it, it was, it was, it felt 80s. Um, well, that's because David McLean ran both of them, and he ran uh, Pal right. too. Right. You know, and it, it felt like something was just imported, you know, from the eighties. Um, so uh, while there was some enjoyment, and it, it kind of felt like I was watching something nostalgic, it, you know, it wasn't going to get over with where the climate was in wrestling at that juncture because we had just seen, you know. The recent WCW go under, ECW go under. We were still fans that were still calling for that type of a product. Um, even for the, for the women, you know, you had, uh, fans that were looking for something different from women. They weren't looking for an 80s throwback. Um, I think that while bolstering their roster is impressive, um, I think it's a path in the right direction. Uh, but like you said, they need more than Tessa. Um, because if Tesla was enough, then Impact would be, you know, competing more on the women's front than than they are right now. If it was just Tessa by you know alone that could sway the tie. I mean, she's not like signing. It's not like she's like she's on the rock signing somewhere uh, to a competitor, you know, from Vince. That's going to be like this big, huge draw that's going to just pull everybody, you know, away from watching, you know, at least women for you know from Vince. Like she's not. She's not that popular. You know. Right. Now, I'm still scratching my head at WB not signing her and Santana, though, when they had the chance. That's. I don't, I don't know. It seems to me that, that Vince has never been a big fan of the Blanchards. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I mean, she's a third generation star. She's also she's a Magnum TA stepdaughter, which you can tell so many stories with that. Right. She looks like a million bucks. Yeah. Uh, she's an amazing worker. She had and, a relationship with Ricochet. I mean, yeah. And then you've got, um, and then you've got, um, Santana, who's, who was the best worker out of last year's tournament. And also, and looks like Wonder Woman when Wonder Woman's a hot movie and you don't sign her. Um, and you could wrestle circles around most of the girls in last year's tournament. And you don't do something with her except for bring her back for a, a one-off here. One and there. Off, yeah. To me, that's just insane when I'm still watching, um, you know, girls trip over themselves. And, and we're still watching botch mode. Yep. Which brings us to our next topic. Well, actually, well, wrestling people in circles <laughs> brings us to our next topic. Um, while this person hasn't wrestled in a while, there are very, very strong rumors that I'm actually starting to wonder how uh, much credence they have in that uh, our co-favorite wrestler, HPK, 
may indeed be returning for a, an alleged tag match after Triple H uh, Undertaker. There are talks that there will be a Brothers of Destruction uh, versus DX tag match where HBK will return to the ring for not just that match, but potentially others as well. I don't buy it. It's uh, it's it's tough because I, I'm giving some credence to it because of all the time he has spent at the Performance Center training and, and working in the ring with these young kids. Um, also, the fact that he and Taker cut a promo on it. I mean, you know, Taker felt out saying, you stayed away because you're scared. That's like, you know, that's like in Back to the Future where they're calling Marty Yellow, you know, or called him Chicken. Nobody calls me Chicken. Nobody calls me Yellow. Like, and then they have a little stare down. Why would you cut the promo if you're not going to have Sean come back in the ring? Uh, I could see them doing, using him as a referee or something again, but, you know, Sean made a big point about going out on his own terms and and going out while he was still at the top of his game and not being like all these other guys who went out when it was too late. You know, right. he, he hasn't wrestled in a number of years. Eight years? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was 2010. Uh, it's been yeah. He, you know, he, you know, I, 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 I think... The idea of coming back and being less than the showstopper, being a step off, would probably be more intimidating. He said the same thing. He said as much last year when they wanted him to wrestle AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Right. I I, on Sam Roberts, I I remember listening to that. And if he's not going to come back at WrestleMania and be Mr. WrestleMania one more time against AJ Styles, of all people who could if anybody could get a good match out of him it would be AJ at this point because let's face it I mean Taker is not the same Taker he was eight years ago oh my god no oh god no and you know and Sean was responsible for 80-90% of that match you know yeah. and if Sean hasn't wrestled in eight years eight and a half years by that point and Taker's not who he was well, Taker's not who he was. Kane's not who he was. Right. And Hunter's not who he was. Right. If they actually have this tag match, you're talking about 200 years of wrestling in the ring. Right. So they're all over 50. Right. I think so, maybe Hunter may be like 48, 49. Right. But, so Hunter's not much older than I am. So you've got – um. so it it's not going to – so I, I, I just can't see Sean doing that. And I think if he does, it's like when Flair came back, he's tainting his legacy. Not as bad as when Flair came back. But, you know, I mean, Sean had the perfect way of going out, you know? Um, now, now, what if, what if he go, what if he, what if they bring him? Now, I've heard this scenario. I don't, okay, this is strictly rumored innuendo, but that if they have this tag match and then they, it just to kind of help continue to rekindle this taker, Sean lasting feud and then they have one more match at WrestleMania and that would actually be for real this time, Taker's final match. And 
you know, Sean gets the W over over Taker in this final final battle. To, to what would end. be the point? Taker's already lost twice at WrestleMania. Like tra- Taker losing again, just I, I mean, it's been said before. It can't be said enough. Taker should have never lost at WrestleMania, and if he did, it should have been his last one. I think if Taker lost at, at Mania, it should have been to Michaels. Um, there, I, I, I could point out key times if you were going to end the streak and it wasn't his last match, there were times it should have been, but that was a long time ago, but it shouldn't have been the Lesnar and it shouldn't have been the reigns. If it shouldn't have been the reigns. Um, and that's not me hitting on Roman. It just, that just didn't make sense to me. Um, I, underst- sense. I understood why doing it for Lesnar because of what they were trying to build. Lesnar didn't need it. I don't think he needed it. I agree with that. I like understood Lesner, why, but I, I didn't think Brock needed it. Lesnar was a multi-time world champion. He had already main evented and won WrestleMania. He, he was already a legitimate U.S. Right. He was a UFC champion. He, he, he didn't, didn't need another need, booth. Right. He didn't need it. No, it it didn't make sense. So it. To, to me, well, it made sense. It just wasn't necessary. It was overkill. It, it, it didn't make sense to me. It was it was a point of. I get it. They wanted to shock the crowd or whatever, and they wanted to build Lesnar, but you could have done it a lot of different ways. Other than that, mm. you know, looking back, the first time, and, and this is my synopsis. It's the first time you could have done it before the streak was really, really established. WrestleMania 17, when mm-hmm. Triple H was mega hot. Right. Um, and this is before Triple H is the Triple H and power and stuff like that. Right. Um, Triple H was mega hot at WrestleMania 17. You could have done it then. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 18, when Flair was out for vengeance. Um, and Arn had interfered and stuff like that. You well, could have done it. Fine busted by Arn. Right. You could have done it because it's Flair coming back for vengeance because he had assaulted Flair, he'd assaulted Arn, he had assaulted Flair's son. Right. And it's justifiable there, and that's classic wrestling storytelling. Right. Um, you could have done it. Um, the next time I would have done it was WrestleMania 24 against Edge. Edge was oh, quite no. hot. <laughs> he, 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 he was the megastar of the future. And if you were going to give the rub to anyone, it would have been him. Nope. nope. Say what you want to, but Flair was the Ric Flair of the 2000s. Nope. And he was the man. Nope. Never. Never never the man in in my eyes. Ever, 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 ever. Never. He would would have benefited greatly from that rub, um, but I can't think of anyone else besides those three I would have given the the win to. I never would have given it to Edge. The first two, I, okay. Never, never Edge. Not, 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 I'm not a yet, yet another great wrestler not, that, that Matt hates. I, I'm not a fan. I just don't think Edge was top level. I just don't. I think Edge was just uh, an above mid Carter. I don't think he's a main event guy. I just, I don't think Adam Cole was a main event guy. Obviously, they believed he was, and I'm happy for him that he got that push. And I am sad that he had to retire early for his neck. Injury, 
but I just don't, I just didn't see that. I just didn't buy Edge as that main event guy. I couldn't stand his spear. It was one of the weakest things. Okay, that- I'll give you that. His, his just, spear. Just hug me and fall, Edge. Like, come well, on. Well, okay, I'll give you this. Okay, now I'm, I'm a big Edge fan. I've got both his DVDs. Um, I was not big on Edge when Edge first won the world title, but I, I became a big Edge fan um, over the years. And his his run with, with Vicky was one of the best heel programs, period. Um, but his spear, I didn't buy for two reasons. One, he's way too skinny to spear anyone. Way too skinny. He's way too skinny. Um, I don't care how tall he is, but I don't buy him spearing me, hurting me. Okay. Right. I buy Christian spearing me, hurting me more because Christian was stockier. Yes. Um, Bigger shoulder. Now, exactly. Also, when he speared people, he just kind of grabbed them with his arms and waist locked them and then fell. And fell. Yeah. And, 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 it was terrible. And now, when he did the implant DDT, that was that, sick. Which he stole that from Barry Windham. Right. That was sick. I, yeah. When Edge first came out, I was a huge fan. I loved the music. I loved the gimmick. I loved them coming in the crowd. I loved the DDT. I loved the downward spiral. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. When they, when they started, even the electric chair drop when he was doing that, loved it. Mm-hmm. They started changing up so much of it. And I understand he had to develop some, but they just kept on, they kept on giving him moves that just, they weren't believable. And I'm like, I didn't, like the, I didn't like the Edgematic. The Edgematic was terrible. Like, this guy uh, had a great moveset. Why are you changing it? He had one of the best drop kicks in wrestling. Yes. It's not as killer as Ray's, but I mean, it was It was a great drop for, kick. For, for, one of the, for one of the taller guys, right. he had a great drop kick. Like he, him, Orton, for those tall dudes, beautiful right. drop kick. Yeah, he had a great drop kick. He come off the top rope with it and it was great um there are only two two tall guys that i recall that could do a, a, a top rope drop kick and make it look good one was him and one was barry windham mm-hmm. and, that, and 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 that puts him in great category Heck yeah. um and the thing was edge when he would set up for the spear it looked so cool he'd get in the corner and he'd just be sitting there waiting be, See, come, I, on, I, come on come on it looked cool it was like it was like HBAK tuning up the band. But see, I didn't like that it's because building the, see, I didn't, it's building the anticipation, but then he hits this weak spear. See, I wasn't buying the anticipation because I had seen Rhino do that for years beforehand. It wasn't it wasn't original. I saw but, Rhino I saw Rhino do the but, exact same. Here's thing. the thing. And Rhino looked like he destroyed Edge, you when he hit you. No. Edge had that devious look on his face while he was doing it. Rhino Looked like he was about to say "slush, love, junk." <laughs> I, I don't right know. Now, I mean, here's thing. Here's thing. Wait, don't wait. Here's thing. I love Rhino. I think Rhino is like one of the toughest looking dudes, like from his physique and stuff. I, I love Rhino. I, I think like physique wise, he's like look. You like a close up of his face. And he he looks like a dopey caveman. He well, yeah, just doesn't he, look mean. He look he he you know, he, he uh, well, when he's got the expression on his face, he, Rhino looks to me. He that's a that's a bad dopey white cave. boy from Detroit. Dopey caveman. 
I guess you're, I don't see. I, I can see Caveman. I, I don't think he looks that dopey, um, especially when he's got that. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think dopey Caveman. But okay, well, we'll put we'll put a poll out. You know, Facebook. Does, does Rhino look like a Rhino or a dopey Caveman? Um, but I, I bought, if he looks I bought, like a Rhino, where's his horn? <laughs> his horn is his nose. Have you seen that thing? Man's got big nose right now. But see, but if you saw rhinos, it would be pointing through the screen like that man's got a big nose. But he his his anticipate was very similar. Gets down, squats. Hey, here's down. a true story. I made I made Matt on Create a Wrestler one time, and and it, and and when I did his nose, it, it came out the sides of my screen. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just didn't buy that setup for for Edge. I just. I, I've seen it because Rhino had done it. I've seen other ones kind of similar to that. I was like, I just I wasn't feeling it. Now, granted, I wasn't feeling Batista's spear either, um, and he's obviously much much bigger. But I, well, that's because he just kind of hit people with one shoulder, and that was it. It it didn't. It, it looked like a, a kid who didn't know how to tackle people. Exactly. Yeah. I, I did, only a few people have done the spear and made it look really good. Um, and obviously Goldberg had one of the best spears. Roman Reigns' spear was Goldberg. good for a while, but it, it, it fell to pieces. Goldberg, Bobby Lashley, and Rhino. Yes. I, and, 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 and I, say, and I, say what you want to about Bobby Lashley, but when he has spears somebody, it looks like it hurts. Oh, he looks like he killed him. Yeah, it's like, it's like oh, man, he did. And here's what here's the thing. Bobby Lashley was was an army wrestling champion. Yes. Say whatever you want to about Bobby Lashley. I don't want to fight him. No, no. Yeah, there there, there are guys that I would have no problem fighting in real life because I don't think they can fight. Mm-hmm. Um Brock Lesnar is obviously mm-hmm. not one of them, and Bobby Lashley's not one of them. No. Those are those are guys that would legitimately jack you up. Um I I'd fight Elias. I'd fight Kevin Owens. Um, I fought a lot of dudes, but Bobby Lashley, it's not because he's built, but Bobby Lashley can fight. That, that's, that dude is no joke. Um, I, I honestly don't see why they're not pushing Bobby Lashley more. Uh, well, I, 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 I think they will. I, I, I would have much rather seen him versus Brock at SummerSlam than, oh my God, yes. than, 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 than what we ended up seeing. I agree. I, I thought he was going to be the one to take the title off of Brock. I, especially with especially the, especially the way they brought him back. Especially with the comparisons the two got, because when they brought in Lashley, and I'm sure you heard this before too, when they brought in Lashley um, back in 2006, 2005, six, yeah, they called yes, him Black Lesnar. Yeah, exactly. That they, 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 you know, and it they chanted was, it. They chanted Black yeah, Lesnar at him. Yeah, and I, I mean, they were both legit amateur wrestlers. They're both jacked to the gills, mm-hmm. uh, and then they both went into MMA and. Yep. And 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 one of them could punch um, once they got hit in the face, but they, uh, you know, they but they were tough dudes, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, so, I mean, I, I think, you know, if you put, you know, I I think you put those two guys in, in a match and you let them do some real shoot stuff on each other. Uh, you got, and I think you got two guys who are going to say, "Okay, bring it, and don't hold back." Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and you know, I think Brock might go to Suplex City then. And 
it, it would be it would be a match. It would be amazing. Um, I thought it would been it would have been actually better to see um, not just have that match, but if you're going to separate Brock and Heyman, have Lashley be Heyman's new guy and have you know Heyman turn on on Brock, you know during that match. Mm-hmm. Something. Now, I do think they'll push um, Lashley a bit more now that they have Leo Rush as his uh, as his mouthpiece, which gives some more character and some more charisma around Bobby mm-hmm. to to kind of enhance him. Because and, and plus, him and Leo have great chemistry in for what three weeks of being together. I actually heard. Um, a rumor that Elix Skipper was trying to hire Leo Rush first because Leo Rush is the only person who can make Elix Skipper look muscular. Yeah, Elix Skipper was a cut. That was a well-defined dude. Why are you going to hate on Elix Skipper? Even your man Conrad Thompson said that Elix Skipper is one of the most underrated wrestlers he's ever seen. He is. He looks like he used Q-tips. We met my man, Prime Time Elix Skipper. He, he, hey, him, uh, him walking the cage at lockdown and doing the Hurricane Rana off the top of the cage is still one of the coolest things ever. Oh my God, it was a great move. Still can't believe how he pulled that off. But dude is tiny. Most wrestlers are tiny. Oh, because- but. Yeah, I saw AJ, and we'll get to this in, in a little. Yeah, well, no, no, no well, go ahead, go ahead. We'll t- talk. You recently I, went to the uh, Keystone Comic Con in we Philadelphia. Still have other things on the agenda, sir. We haven't gotten to. That's part three, and we're still through part two. We aren't even through part two. Yeah, but you know, but but the last part of part two, I really don't even care about that much. Anyway, we haven't taught. You haven't buried botch mode yet. I bury Bosch mode every week. We've already buried Bosch mode talking about the women. Wait, Bosch no, mode. I want to bury Joey Ryan real quick. I want to okay, bury go ahead. All right, all right, so the last, last bury it or push it. The, in, the independent show wisely uh, posted on their doors that Joey Ryan's spot has contains crude humor and that if you're concerned about yourself or your children being exposed to crude humor, that you should, you should leave the mat, you should leave the event early. Joey Ryan will be the last match. So that they wouldn't be missing much afterwards, uh, should they decide to leave. How do you feel about this independent promotion having the wisdom to kind of forewarn their attendees about Joey Ryan's infamous dick flip? Well, here's how I feel about it. I'm, I'm kind of torn. When I first saw this, I thought, this is great. This is wonderful. They had the good sense to do this. But then the other part of me thought this. Hey, if you're the promoters... Tell him not to do it. You're the ones paying him. Tell him, hey, guess what? We have families and children coming out there. Tell the, uh, just for once, tell another man not to play with your privates, okay? In front of other people. And if you do do it after we told you not to, we're not going to pay you. Okay? Simple as that. Yeah. Now, now, these promoters may yeah. not be against it. They may like it, and they may just try to, you know, cover themselves by advising that there is some crude humor uh, at the end of of their car. No, but, but but before you finish, before you but go, why are you putting Joey Ryan in a main event? He's that's, under ex- the ex- exactly. Event. Exactly. That's the only way Joey Ryan is going to be the main event of any show is to merely now, prevent about, people from being able to see him by giving them the option to leave. Talking about things that embarrass you. Okay. 
Now, now, I, now, now, remember last week when I said I was a fan of Lucha Underground and yes. you and Ray almost fell out of your chairs? In shock, but cause, yeah. Because I'm the angry old man who's the wrestling purist and I don't want this newfangled sports entertainment. Yes, I mean, you're, you're an old NWA yeah, yeah. fan. Like, come on. Right. So the only, and, and I would sit here and I would watch this with, with my wife and my daughter. Okay. Yes. And they would sit there and they would go, and, 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 and they liked it. And my, and my wife would go, I like this because they have women who can actually wrestle. And I like Eva Lee's and I like Johnny Mundo and I like, you know, you know, and then we get into season two and this fat, talentless wad comes out rubbing baby oil on himself with a porn stash and sunglasses from the 1970s. And she's just disgusted. And I'm embarrassed to be a wrestling fan again. Now, and, now, now, granted, if if he looked and better, here's the thing: if he looked better, he'd be paying Rick Rick Rude homage. And here's the thing: he's not even doing that spot. Right, he was not yeah. once during that season did he even do that spot. I don't think they would let him do that spot. But every time he was on the screen, she's just like, "This is this is nonsense. This is disgusting. I don't want to see this on my screen." You know. And here's the thing. Women didn't mind when Rick Rude was on TV. Oh, no, women loved it when Rick Rude was on TV. No, no. I remember in the 80s when Rick Rude was on TV, my mom was glued to the set. Oh, yeah, you women. Know? Oh, well, women loved you Rick know? And women loved his porn stash. It oh, was like did. Tom Selleck. Right, right. Oh, yes, exactly. It was the mustache, Tom Selleck and tights. Oh, yeah. The, the mustache and the perm, and they were all about that. Yes, you know? they were. But Joey Ryan is just disgusting. He, he's not talented. He's not a good worker. He's an underneath talent at best. He's he. he it, 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 I mean, I'm not burying the guy because cause I don't like it, but it disgusts me. It, it it it. And here's the thing: there have there has been crude humor in wrestling that's worked before. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, somebody could say to me, "Well, what about Val Venus? Val Venus could work. Yes, that yes. guy. Sean Morley can work. Let's let's not act like Val Venus and Joey Ryan are the same thing because right. they're not. Sean Morley is one of the most underrated workers of all time. Yes. Now, as a person, not a big fan of his because he shoots his mouth off a lot, just like you probably feel about punk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you used to follow him on social media. Used to be friends with him on Facebook. Got tired of hearing his opinions about the U.S. Got rid of him. But I think we have an unwritten rule about talking about politics, right? Yes. So, but anyway, so got rid of Sean, okay? But that guy could work, okay? Oh, yeah. And if you ever saw his stuff in Mexico, whoa! Ooh, man, yes. yeah. man, was he held back in WWE. Oh, yeah. Guy, One of the most <laughs> underrated splashes uh, during his time there. The man could go. Yeah. The man could go. His neck breaker into the octopus, why that wasn't his finisher, I don't know. Um, because you couldn't call that the money shot. Yeah, with the game. Um, I'm I'm really surprised they they they, they weren't you know uh, you know uh, that that when he did that there wasn't a meeting the next week. It was like bro, 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 bro. I have an idea that that move where Val grabs the guy's arm, bro, bro. I have an idea. It's going to be money, bro. 
We're going to call that move the flapper. Yeah. Oh, my my God. Probably did. Yeah. Now, 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 I love it. Nah, I, I don't know if Vince would have said that. Uh, before, before we, we, it sounds like we're you know burying Joey Ryan too, so so much over this but dick look, flip. Every we're, time we're, we're not going to act like the dick flip is original either. It's something that's been done before. It's something that's been done in Japan. It's not like it's a new well, thing. They started it in Japan. That's where the the video originated. And I remember the first time I saw it, I thought it was the the, the dumbest, most embarrassing thing I'd ever seen. I still think it is. Um, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of it either. But like this, people are acting like this is a new thing. This this isn't a, a new development. This is something that's been going on for a while. Unfortunately, didn't mean you should bring it to America. <laughs> you know, it it's it's dumb. You know, I, I can't say that. And I I refuse to bury him completely. You know, bury him for just because you know. I was a teenager during the Attitude Era, so, so there was a whole bunch of crude stuff going on. Me and my favorite. Was rest- there anything in the Attitude Era that just said this is completely ridiculously fake and and takes out? No, the Attitude Era made it more serious. Well, the the, the Attitude Era would talk about it. Um, but they didn't incorporate it into the match as far as, hey, I'm going to pretend that my dick can flip you over at, at, in a spot. Like they, it was very, there was a very crude humor when it came to, uh, promos. I'm not talking about the crudity. I'm talking about the ridiculousness of the spot itself. But yeah, there was, there was no spot that that was that ridiculous that I can think of really. Um, let me think for a second. Um, Okay, well, the worm was a ridiculous spot, um, but not as ridiculous. But it wasn't a finisher. That was Scotty's finish. When, name one person he ever pinned with it. I can't remember the last person he pinned, but, I mean, that was, like, his finish. I know in, in the no, video games, that was his finish. Spotty in the video games, but he never actually pinned anyone with the move. I can't remember Scott Taylor pinning anybody. Their finish was... was uh, um, Lawler doing the leg drop off the top rope. Tennessee I'm talking, well, I'm talking about Scott as a single. As a single, that was Scott's finish. <clears throat> I don't think he ever beat anybody as a single. <laughs> that's why I think. That's why I'm saying I can't remember him pitting anybody, but I believe it was his finish. Uh, the only time I ever saw him win matches as a single, he won with like roll ups and stuff like that, which is believable because he's so so tiny. Right. But he. Uh, and what's sad is when he was Scott Taylor, he could actually work. Then he became Scotty Too Hot, and he lost all ability to work whatsoever. Well, and they, they also put him inside that box where he couldn't do a whole lot. I mean, he did other stuff after, and he still does, and he still can't work. I mean, it's not like WB still controls him. Well, I, I haven't seen Scott's work since then, so I, I can't say for sure. But I mean, I, I mean, granted, Brian Lawler still did those goofy dance moves and stuff, but he could still work. Yeah, you know. I mean, now talk about an underrated talent. You know, and I mean, very sad passing too. But uh, yeah, he he had. He had put himself in some tough situations as well, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, let's move on to, to segment three. Yes. Okay. Well, so so you recently went to the Keystone Comic Con a couple of weeks ago here in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, 
And I was, of course, insanely jealous. I wanted to go. Uh, but you got to see, uh, some people, uh, AJ Styles there. Um, and, uh, you also had a VIP experience, um, with a certain Jim Cornette. Tell us a little bit about your experience in Philadelphia. First of all, I had to go to Philadelphia. Now, Matt, you and I have known each other for a couple years, and I think you've heard me say before, my favorite place on earth is New York City. Now, next, now, reverse how I feel about New York City, and you have how I feel about Philadelphia. So, because here's the thing. Now, when I go to New York, I don't drive. When I go to Philadelphia, I do drive. And okay. Philadelphia is the worst laid out city of all time. No, no, Boston. Nothing's marked. Boston. Boston by far. Well, away. I haven't gone to Boston yet. So, okay. Okay. Philadelphia is the worst laid out city of all time. Never had to drive it. Oh, DC. Nothing's marked. There's too many one way streets. And it's just, it's just, you know. You know, you, you get a one-way street and people are trying to pass you on a one-way, uh, on one lane, you know, it's ridiculous. And it's, you know, so finally I get to there. Um, I go get my passes and everything like that, get in, mm-hmm. start looking around at some vendors and stuff. And I'm like, well, I know Cornette's here, you know, where's Cornette? You know, he's got to be at the vendor's booth because the, the cornet thing doesn't start until later on. Okay. So, so I'm looking around and there's wrestling ring set up. Um, and it kind of over on the side and I'm looking around and finally I see where he is. And when I go over there, there's kind of a crowd gathering around and I look over and there's AJ Styles and there's AJ Styles and Tommy Dreamer standing there talking kind of behind this one table and um, James what's his face? The guy without a chin. Oh, Ellsworth. Yeah, James Ellsworth. So James Ellsworth, AJ Styles and Tommy Dreamer. Okay. And, And I'm like, how did those three get here together? Did somebody drop them in from a helicopter or what? You know? Like this is the most random pairing of people I've I've ever seen in my life. <clears throat> so then, uh, then and, and then I look over and I see Cornet and he's at his booth with John Fell from Baltimore. Okay, who ever lived to Jim shows John from, um, and then Jim stops what he's doing. He goes over and hugs AJ, uh, and I got a picture of the two of them together. And I, I realized something about AJ Styles. They they lie drastically about his size. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. There's um, only one organization in the world that may lie more about height than the WWE, and that's the NBA because they lie about certain people's heights. But the WWE lies about height so much; it's insane. If if AJ's, I mean, you know, they they'll say five eleven or six foot or something. If he's five nine, I'll be stunned. Okay, he's, he's like five nine, yeah, maybe. Because I'm five nine, I'm not sure he was as tall as I am. Um, and if he's one hundred and eighty pounds, I'd be stunned. 
he's probably 160. Yeah, and so he's tiny, you know. Well, so so, so uh, like, uh, they, they, they say they said Hogan was six seven. Hogan ain't no six seven. Well, well, they say he was six eight for a long time. And yeah, they said now, that too. Yeah, and he, you know, and then they started, and then they put him with Scott Hall, who they said was six seven, and Scott Hall was taller than he was. So, Scott right. Hall's much taller, right? Like, and, and you had Nash, who was a legit before the you know before the legs started shrinking him, he was a legit seven foot. Like. So, so you got, um, so you got, but like, so and, and Cornette's legit, like six foot, and he's just like towering over AJ. Yeah. So then I turn around and Jerry the King Lawler's there. Okay. And he's sitting down at a table and he's got his crown there. You know, wake. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he wasn't having a heart attack or anything. Well, that that part's good. Yeah, I'm just yeah. worried about him, you know, staying awake. <clears throat> so, uh, I walk up to Cornette, and he goes and 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 in his thing, and he's got. And I had actually been listening to the Jim Cornette experience on my way down there. Uh, and so, uh, I'm, I'm first I'm like looking at you know his little wares and stuff that he has, his Cornette burger towels and the DVDs that he's selling and mm-hmm. uh, everything. And he and before I can even say anything to him. He he looks at my T-shirt and he says, "Hey man, I like your shirt, Revival." So I'm wearing my Revival shirt. Okay. Uh, and I said, "Well, yeah, I'm a big fan." He says, "Those are my guys," you know. And so we start talking, and uh, he says, uh, "We start talking about uh, somehow we end up talking about living in Charlotte." Uh, okay. Obviously, Jim lived in Charlotte for a long time. I lived in Charlotte for a long time. Yeah. Um, talked about how I was there. Uh, a couple months ago and he talks about last time he was there and how it's changed. And, you know, we just had this great conversation and, uh, we start talking about, um, cheesesteaks, you know, cause part of the thing, part, part of the deal with the VIP thing was that you got a cheesesteak that night. Right. And I said, yeah, you know, one last time I was in Philly with my wife, she asked me if I want to split a cheesesteak. And I said, if by split a cheesesteak, you mean I eat a whole one and then eat half of yours, then yes, I want to eat a cheesesteak. Otherwise, no, I don't. And he said, is that even legal to split a cheesesteak? What is she talking about? So he and I talked for a little while more, and then a guy came up and interrupted us, said, hey, I have a question. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started to walk off, and um, and he kind of looked up at me like, why are you walking off? You know, and he goes, well, revival, I'll see you later tonight, man, you know. And, but I didn't want to, you know, occupy his time, you know. Right. You, you don't want to be rude to the other fans. That makes sense. Right. And so I walked around, and there was a lot of cool stuff there. Um, Bubba Ray was there. So, of course, I didn't talk to him. No. And, uh, okay. And, uh, yeah, and he was doing the Billy Ray gimmick because he was with House of Hardcore because right. Tommy's guys were there. Tommy's their guys were there. Okay. Right. And so they were the ones that actually had the ring there. They were doing some matches that day. Okay. And, and I actually uh, got pictures at one of the matches because I had my professional camera there. And um, they uh, and so they actually had like some ring used belts there. Um, uh, they had a bunch of like Funko Pop stuff that were autographed by wrestlers and some pictures and stuff like that. Nice. And so I went around the Comic Con, figured out what I was gonna. Buy, bought a few things, right? Bought bought the things I was going to get, and then went 
down to the uh, went down to the Jim Cornette uh, live show, mm-hmm. um, which I sent you a video from. Yes, you did. That was yeah, quite enjoyable. And, yeah, and uh, then we went to uh, we then the union kicked us out of the room we were in because the union runs everything at the Philadelphia Convention Center. Unfortunately, so. Yeah, and uh, so then, um, and and we had a special guest that night, Bill Apter, uh, most respected wrestling magazine publisher from, of course, the old Apter mags like uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated and Inside Wrestling to uh, the short-lived World Wrestling Wow magazine in late '90s, which was the first uh, shoot magazine. Yes, um, and. Um, you know, so he had run the Q and A and stuff like that. And so we're all eating our sandwiches and stuff. And, um, then, you know, we all ate and, and the union had actually shut down the first place that was going to get it. And cause they said, no, we never said that was okay. And then one of the guys who was running the, was working with Jim said, Hey, I know the manager at Pat's. And they said, well, we'll get you some cheesesteaks. And so, uh, we ended up having Pat's cheesesteaks, which was better anyway, because Pat's right. is the real king of cheesesteaks. Don't That's care what right. anybody says. You know, uh, sucks. Exactly. And so I ate my cheesesteak, and I'm sitting at a table, and and Cornette and Apter are sitting eating together. And Apter walks over, um, you know, looking like a Jewish jewelry store owner. Uh, because uh, if you've ever met Bill Apter, that's what he looks like. Yeah. And he holds up a, a cheesesteak, and he looks around, and he's like, does anybody want to split a cheesesteak with me? And I'm like, one, I want another, want some more cheesesteak. And yeah. two, this is Bill Apter, so no one's going to say anything if I'm eating a cheesesteak that he gave me. True. And three, this is a story I can tell that I split a cheesesteak with Bill Apter. Bill Apter, yeah. Right. So I'm like, I'll split one with you. And he's like, cool. So he, you know, gets the cheesesteak. He's like, you mind if I tear it in half? I'm like, no. And he gives me the bigger half, you know. So... I, I get my cheesesteak and then I walk over to Cornette and I said, Hey, Jim, you remember that story I told you about my wife wanting to split a cheesesteak? And he goes, Yeah, I do. I said, Well, I just split one with that. He goes, Does that mean you guys are married now? <laughs> so, uh, oh, it was. That, that's, a, that's a fun interaction to have with Cornette and Bill after. So now I'm a little more envious that I was prior to the fact that you got to go to Keystone Comic Con. And but turn out here in the Lehigh Valley. AJ was actually supposed to be there. I hadn't paid attention to that, but he was actually going to be doing an autograph signing, but it was like $62 to get his autograph, which, by the way, is Ooh. a really weird number. $62. Not 60, not 65, 62. Yeah, that's but, an odd number. Uh, AJ, he's one of my favorites, but I'm not spending that much, you know? Yeah, nah. Um They didn't have a lot of celebrities the day I was down there. Okay. Um, but it was worth it to go and see Cornette. Um, they, they did have some down there. John Barrymore for us from, uh, Arrow was down there. John Barrowman was down there. Um, and from Arrow to me, John Barrowman's from Doctor Who and, and Torchwood. But yes, I know John Barrow. Yeah. And, uh, then, and he was actually originally the first will for, from Will and Grace. He was going to be I Will. I know that. And they said he was too straight to be Will. But he's when, not. But in real life, he's gay. Right. But then they ended up pay, hiring a straight man to play Will. Oh, 
Okay. Uh, and so that does that make sense? Uh, because they thought he was gayer. Well, okay. If I looked at the two of them, I would probably, and you had to tell me pick which one is which. I probably would have picked uh, Barrowman to be the straight one and whatever. News but if you've one. ever followed Barrowman's social media account, any of them, he is the not straightest person you will ever find. No, I'm, I'm just saying if if you just looked at a picture of each one of right. them and you had to assume based off of looks, right. you would assume the way the cast, you know, the, the what we did the but casting we, did. Right, but when you see him on social media, like licking guys' butts at comic cons, you know. Well, okay, well, we. It was actually perfect for them to cast him the way they did in, um, in Doctor Who, where he would still he would just bang anything, you know, robots, men, women, any was anything, any alien. He didn't care. Say, hey, how you doing? Like it, it made sense because he was just out there. But um, you know, but yeah, it was a it was a, a great experience. Um, and then uh, you know, came back same night. But uh, I also got my official certificate, making me an official uh, uh, member of the Cult of Cornet. Oh, which well, we don't have our, to pray for you. Which, which, which has uh, our new Pledge of Allegiance uh, to, oh. to pro wrestling. Oh, my God. Um, and uh, and it, Cornette actually had announced that morning that he was going to be coming out with them and then decided that anyone who came to Philly to see him in VIP was going to get them uh, first. But now we're going to have to have uh, some intercessory, intercessory prayer for you and maybe uh, maybe an intervention or two. Join the call of Cornette because the Lord knows people need deliverance out of that. Um and and so it was. And I gotta say this: I met a lot of people in wrestling, especially growing up in Charlotte. Of course. Um, and then from uh, from different things I've done over the years. Uh, honestly, while you wouldn't expect it from his from his podcast and different shoot interview appearances, Cornette was actually the nicest, most personable person I've ever met in the business. Mm, okay, that's high praise. I I, I was. You know, you know, you expect Cornette to be like cutting promos on you and stuff. Yeah, nicest guy. Now, now, when we were eating, there was one guy he knew that was like a heavier guy, and he had met several times before, and he was like cutting promos on him, mm-hmm. and the guy couldn't have been happier. You know, he's like the Hubble telescope just sent back the first pictures of the south side of his waistline. You know, and he's like, somebody throw some apples and oranges and see if they'll orbit around him. You know, and. Uh, you know, and the guy's just dying laughing at me. He's loving the cornet's commodes on, you know. But, like, he could not have been more gracious. He could not have been uh, kinder. Um, and, uh, you know, just more touch that people had come. Um, people had traveled distances to see him. Um, later on, on his show, he talked about all the stress he was under that weekend, you never would have known it talking to him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so it was, uh, I was really, really surprised, you know, especially having watched this guy for 30 something years right, on TV uh, and then listening to his shows for so long to actually meet him and go, wow, he's actually just such a nice guy. 
really is a whole different level uh, because I have met a lot of different guys, Flair and Steamboat and all these other guys, Ivan Koloff, um, mm-hmm. who probably is the second nicest guy I've met in wrestling, actually. Okay. Um, I met Nikita, met a lot of guys, um, and go, wow, this guy is, like, super nice, you know. Okay, well, JT's putting over Corey. All right. Yeah. Oh, we're going to now put over some uh, some dream matches. We kind of talked about this in our initial pre-show. Um, so this is a book to match section here. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a uh, fantasy book, any, any wrestler, any era that you wish you could see. Um, it can be four tile, could not be four tile, could be a gimmick match, not a gimmick match, uh, just any match that you wish, uh, you could see that we probably won't be able to see. Okay. Are, are, are we, we using the ones we used in our test? If you want to, since, uh, since our listeners haven't heard it, or if you've got someone, another one that you want to throw out there, be my guest. I'm I go. I'm going to use Randy Savage, circa 1988, versus Kenny Omega, circa 2018, and put the WWF title, title for title. Okay. And I I think that's that. I think when you have Macho Man at his peak in in, in 1988, when he was the WWF champion, that was probably the best Randy Savage we got. Um, And, uh, you know, I think that was when he was given the chance to deliver what he could really do. Right. Um, And I think, uh, I think right now is when Kenny Omega is showing the best of what he can do. Oh, yeah. Omega's work is fantastic. I think now is when he's being the most serious. Um, he's, That's true. He's not playing the haha as much. Right. Um, and, um, you know, uh, there's always been, uh, you know, where he'd be having these great matches and he'd stop and do a little haha stuff. Mm hmm. Um, and his match against Pentagon, there was none of that. It was just dead serious. You know, two guys going out like they're trying to kill each other. Yeah. And uh, notes in that match, you know, uh, to me, that was maybe the best Omega match I saw. Okay. I, 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 I mean, I know a lot of people put over um, his his two January fourth matches, um, but I had issues with each of those, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't have matches with his issues with his match. Okay, now if uh, in this scenario, who calls the match, Kenny or Macho? Macho. And who goes over? The fan. Well, clearly the fans go over that. But if we're talking title for title, who goes over? Um, you know, in that one, uh, you know, probably Mach does. Okay. You know, uh, pro- probably with the big elbow off the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think they would be honored to do the job of that. I, I would agree. I think... Uh... I think today Kenny would be on to do the job for, for 88 March. Okay. I can dig that. I, 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 
I, I think I think uh, he goes for the one-winged angel. Mach drops down the back, gets him up, gets the big slam, drops the elbow, and that's it. Because I think he says, hey, Mach, how about you take the one-winged angel? Ooh, brother, not going to happen. Not taking that spot. Ooh, no, not going to happen. Ooh, no. Oh, kid, you know, you got me thinking, thinking, thinking. I'm not going to be able to take that spot there. Oh, no, the macho man not going to be able to do that. Oh, I'll tell you what the macho man is going to do there, brother. The macho man is going to put that backdrop on you. Oh, yeah, macho man is going to climb up, 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 up to the top of that rope. And then we're dropping that elbow down. Oh, yeah, damn it. I think that's how the conversation goes. And and here's the thing, too. That's one of those things where Mach liked to, to go over his matches and stuff. And if Omega pitched some ha-ha to him. Mm-hmm. Mach would just give him that look and just be like, Louie, brother, not in my match. You're not spraying gold spray on your pee-pee tonight, brother. <laughs> yeah, Mach, too meticulous for all that. Right. Way too meticulous. So, I mean, it's, it would, it would, it would bring out the best in Kenny Omega. Oh yeah. And it would be that type of match that it, in Kenny Omega is the type of performer that Macho Man would want to have a match with. And oh, I, I agree. Get the match out with. And, you know, here's the thing. There's so many great performers today that are so much better athletes than what I grew up with. You know, at, when they're serious and they have real matches that are so good, mm-hmm. if they just go down and have those matches, you know. And, and by the way, when I'm talking about great athletes that have great matches, guys like uh, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, uh, man, what fantastic athletes they are. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think at all in, you know, then sometimes they go a little out there with the ha-ha. You know, that's a fair point. Okay. Gosh, I hope if if Jericho and Omega have another match, Jericho really has, sits down and says, "Here's how you take a code breaker." Yeah, that. Yeah, that. I'm kind of surprised Kane doesn't take that code breaker very well. By the way, what do we think of Cody's uh, first title defense? Oh, all this at the NWA reunion, NWA anniversary. With Tony Schiavone calling the action, that part's cool. Tony calling the match, I'm I'm all for that. Um, I think it actually may be better than the title match itself. Um, I think it's it's if it goes as advertised, if both guys bring what they can do, um, you should be talking about an amazing title defense for Cody. Um, I definitely think Cody retains. I don't think he's I don't think he's going to hold on to this to the title for too too long. Um, but I do think he'll get a defense or two before he drops it back to whoever the uh, NWA wants to, to carry the 10 pounds of gold. I'm, you know, I think if they're smart, they, they let Cody run with it till Madison Square Garden and they do it with ROH. What's that, March? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I think, I think that makes sense as well. Uh, that that definitely seems to be a wise move uh, on their end to to keep the hot, probably arguably, except for Kenny, the hottest name in in the Indies, carrying your title definitely helps it. Um, 
So I, that definitely makes sense, you know, at least in my book. Um, unless Vince tries to sign Cody and Kenny. I, I can see Madison Square Garden. I, I, I don't see Cody going back right now. I don't. He's not going to get the rain to do what he's doing now. You know, he's not going to be able to bring a dog to the ring. He's not going to you know, be able to have Brandy there unless they're going to want Brandy to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, a diva starlet type thing. Um, he's not going to, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think it would work. I mean, they'd have, they would try to make him reinvent himself again. And the Cody that everyone's in love with is not going to translate well back into the product that the WWE is. A nightmare and give you guaranteed more money than you're making now. I mean, but can they? Can they truly guarantee? I mean, he's he's freaking promoting like sure now. Say what? I'm sure they can guarantee more money than he's making now. Yeah, I don't think they can. I, I really don't think they should. Well, I mean, he's promoted one show. Right. And, you know, he's he, he even with the turnaround that, he still has to turn around and pay taxes on that. He has to pay the building. He has to pay all this other stuff on it. Right. You know, it's 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 not like he made a fortune on it. No, you know, no. He's, you know, and then he's got all these other things, and there's no guarantee. There's no security with what he's doing now. Right. With WME, he could get a five-year deal with a guarantee and then say, hey, I don't want to be Stardust again. I want to be, you know, where does Vince really have something against the Ronalds family? That's a good question. I, I I don't know. It's that's a possibility. He may just view all of the other Runnels uh, as simply challengers and simply, you know, Dusty not, comes not, in and Dusty gets put in polka dots, which was so you know. terrible. I, I, and 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 then you know, and he gets Sapphire, right? And he's. Jobbing Macho Man and DiBiase and, you know, I mean, let's face it, the only person he went over was Honky Tonk Man. True. However, I and, didn't think that it was, I mean, yes, he was kind of jobbing to them. He was putting them over, but it wasn't like those were guys that you couldn't see beating Dusty. Right. But still, he's, it's only he's not like, to like, it's not like he had to put over, you know, Crush or, you know, someone that had no business, you know, going over Dusty. But then he's, but then Dustin comes in and they make him gold dust. Now, granted, he got gold dust over and gold dust is considered an iconic character. I, I wasn't a gold dust fan when he came out, but I, I, I grew, I love gold dust. I grew into loving gold dust. Like, and Dustin's just, he's just amazing. But, and then they make, yeah, and then, you know, all of a sudden Cody becomes Stardust and he's like, repeatedly said, I don't want to do this. Right. And they're like, well, this is what you're doing. Deal with it. Right. Right. Oh, the only thing they didn't give him other things, like they tried other things with him, you know, not that they were good things. But he was successful before Stardust. He was an Intercontinental Champion. He was a Tag Team Champion. He's part of Legacy. Right. He did other things that got over. And 
I'm sorry, but like Cody Rhodes has proved on his own that if you can't get over Cody Rhodes, it's something you're doing. Yeah. Well, I also think that they weren't looking to make him a main event guy. I think they were banking on DiBiase more than him. And then when DiBiase left, that left him in a bit of a lurch because they really hadn't planned for anything truly for Cody. And, and I think if you were betting, you probably were betting on DiBiase because uh, DiBiase great. had more experience. More great experience, look. Great look. Right. Yeah. He, he bigger, looked like he, he could bigger, be right. bigger. He looked like he could mm-hmm. be world champ. He looked like a world champ. Right. But then, but Cody has proved since he went out on his own, that, man, can he work? You know, um, his, I love his, his footage. Uh, I always have. His, um, his matches with Angle, the three matches he had with Angle were amazing. I don't know if you saw any of those. I saw one. Um, his, uh, if you didn't get to see it, I think it's on YouTube. His match with Zach Wild in, um, um, in England. Okay. Um, that was fantastic. Um, he's had these great matches. Um, and it's just like, and he's a believable guy. Yeah, he's not, you know, this huge guy, but he's believable. Yeah. You know, he's got, he's got the heritage, you know. Oh, yeah. He can talk. He's got this look on his face where he's talking. It's like a, it's like a John Wayne, like, just like serious, staring somebody down. Chris Pritchard was like a son of a gun, you know. I mean, he's done acting, you know. I mean, really, he's a guy that you could see being like a lead on a team, you know. Mm-hmm. He's, but you know, instead, well, let's put paint on his face and put him in a goofy jumpsuit, you know. It's, it's, they just don't know what to do with him. Get some. They, they, they don't know what to do so, with him. We figured that, hey, his brother got over with this gold dust thing. Maybe we can just pair them together and make him similar. Maybe he can get over with that too. But he's not his brother. He, he's he doesn't. He the thing is, he still he, he still got over with it more than it should have. Oh, definitely, yeah. But, I remember. I remember when he debuted at Stardust. And I was watching, and my son happened to come in. He rarely watches wrestling, and he was intrigued. You know, he was like, "What? what? I, said, I know what Goldust is, but who's the Stardust?" And I'm like, "How's oh, his brother? They happen to do the Stardust gimmick now." And he's like, "Okay." We watched the match, and I think they were, I think they wrestled the Outlaws. And um, I mean, it was a good match because they, they both are great in the ring, and you know, he was intrigued in. Stardust definitely got over than he ever it ever should have because it's a you know rinse and repeat gimmick of an existing better gimmick. Right. And if you hear the original idea for Stardust and they had these drawings, and then you know he says, Hey, when it came out, they're basically turning me into Dustin's mini me. Yeah. And you know, and it's and, and and you know, he's like, I was excited about the original idea. He says, I never wanted to use your name because that was dusty in the early eighties. And and he's like, I didn't want to do that because that was my dad. Yeah, and the but. You know, now. Then they kind of kept forcing him to do it, and he, you know, ended up leaving. You know, right? 
dumb, you know, and I think he's definitely carrying some resentment uh, about some other things too. Uh, he talked about on 10 pounds of gold this week, the NBA series with Dave Lagana, um, you know, from, from when his, his dad lost the war with WWF back when he was with Crockett and stuff like that. And, right. Um, you know, and then had to go to work for WWF and for a while. Um, and, uh, I could definitely see them wanting Cody back, especially pre Madison Square Garden because there's allegedly their contracts are coming up for Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And, and I could see them trying to get them out of there. Obviously, it's not going to affect the Madison Square Garden show because it's already sold out. Right. But I could see them trying to get them out of there, just take some luster away from the show. And what your dream match? Well, one of my fancy matches, um, oh, I'm trying to think here because there, there's, you know, and I said on the uh, pre, pre-show that, you know, so many of my dream matches involve HBK because it's my, my fave. Um, <laughs> oh, man. But you can't steal the one we talked about last week that I told you I was going to use. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna steal. I'm not gonna steal any of yours. I had. I know. I had said. Um, now I forget the one I said before. I thought I know it was ricocheting somebody else. I wanted to kind of go a different direction. I. Oh, I remember the one you said before with ricochet. Yeah, it was. It was ricochet, and I forget who the other one was now. Akushi. Yes, ricochet. Jinsei Shizaki. Yeah, Shinsei Shizaki. Um, bless you. I think that'll be uh, an amazing match, ricochet and, and Shinsaki. Um, I actually would find it very interesting to see a match of also jumping on the Omega bandwagon. Um, Kenny Omega, 2018, um, and, uh, 1990s, Eight, Rob Van Dam. Interesting. I think the contrast of styles um, would be just a, a great mixture uh, in that type of match. Um, I, I really think that those two could take some of that goofiness that you mentioned with, with Omega and kind of um, play that to have a little bit more lighthearted uh, of a match because you would have Kane doing his thing, RVD doing his posing, um, great athleticism. Um, a lot, a lot of, of chairs and tables in that match. Um, yeah, a, a lot. Well, you, you'd as, as annoying as it was, you'd have to have Alfonso there blowing that stupid whistle, holding the chair for you know the the Van Daminator. Um, that, that you know, that's that's got to be a part of it, especially for that era of Van Dam. But I think those two uh, would have an absolutely phenomenal match. Um, one of those, you know, uh, half an hour just clinics that are that are extremely enjoyable. Okay, who calls the match? Oh, I say Van Dam calls the match, um, especially because of all the all the high spots that he would probably be he would be doing over. Um, over Kenny. Um, so I, I definitely think Van Dam would call the match. Um, and I would only say, and I say with Van Dam would go over only because during this time we're talking about in the middle of that TV title run where he didn't lose, you know, for 
like two years. Like it was insane. Twenty three months. Yeah. 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 It was. If he if he doesn't get hurt, like he's he he goes longer than that. Trivia: Can you name the one person who pinned Van Dam during that twenty three month period? Jerry Lynn. Devon Dudley. Oh, was that was during the, it, the tag match? It was a match. It, no, it was a singles match where only the tag team titles were on the line. I don't remember that match. Most people don't. It was one. It was like one of those weird matches that they would do every once in a while. Yeah, surprise! I'm a big Devon fan. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember that match. Okay, mm-hmm. that's a, that's an interesting piece of trivia. All right. As we close this episode, we did a poll in the Jig Nation Facebook group, as well as a couple groups I'm going to shout out um, that I'm personally a part of that uh, have also shed some support to Jig Nation as a whole, as well as the Breaking Ring Rust podcast. And that is the uh, Nation of African American Wrestling and NAAW, led by my man Jabari, and also uh, Turnbuckles. And tights, uh, which is a a Christian uh, Facebook group. I'm oh, sorry, Turbo with Tights and Theology is the name of the group on so Facebook. So you're missing a word there. Sir. I, was like, I know I'm missing a T. It's three three T's. Um, Turnbuckles, Tights, and Theology, where um, you know Christian wrestling fans uh, talk pro wrestling and obviously they're a mix of their faith. So I want to thank uh, everybody for both of those groups. NAAW and TTNT for voting on our top 10 tag team polls. And of course, everyone uh, in the G Nation community who also voted for the top tag teams of all time. So I tallied all of the votes together and we have a official G Nation top 10 list here for uh, pro wrestlers and since we've got this list this will eventually be a video that will go in our top 10s list on our youtube channel so we're going to start with uh number 10 down to number one the so number 10 tag team of all time based on your votes number 10 the fabulous freebirds um and when we see the freebirds we're going as the the trio uh and not the duo uh, at number nine. That, I'm sorry. I'm going to say that. How many votes we got here? The Fabulous Freebirds got a total of ten votes. Um, then we have the Midnight Express coming in at number nine with thirteen. Then we had the New Age Blasphemy. Outlaws. That's blasphemy. Hey, it's it's, hey, it's blasphemy that they're not higher. It's it's going off of uh, it's going off of votes here. I mean, we had some some votes come in for groups like uh, like your favorites, uh, the Usos um, and the Young Bucks and uh, Demolition, the Brainbusters, the Motor City Machine Guns. Hey, I voted for Demolition. I put some vote. I put a vote in for Demolition on my top ten. I know you did. I'm ribbing you on that one. Um, hey. Keep in mind now. Now, just so you know, uh, Ray called us from Melbourne. I mean, uh, wherever he is, and there were plenty of tag teams that we discussed that Ray agreed were better tag teams than the Usos and other <laughs> tag teams that were put on there that Matt didn't put on there. And he was like, oh, "I didn't put them on there." And hey, hey, that was, was, oh, okay. Now, Matt, I, hey, I left it open for other people to add. 
And but it's hard to when you're looking at the list. It's hard to go. Well, who should I write in when you're thinking of all the teams in history? Okay, well, go ahead. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not going to put the revival on there. They're 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 still too too young for me. Um, I'm not going to put them in the great top ten of all time teams. I'm not going to put the revival there. Um, and the ones that Ray gave us, that Ray so graciously called us from the airplane on his way back from Florida to give his votes for the top ten, which were the Legion of Doom, um, Ellen Road Warriors. Uh, Demolition, The Heart Foundation, The Rockers, The New Age Outlaws, New Day, The World's Greatest Tag Team, being Charlie Haas and Sheldon Benjamin, uh, Revival, Edge and Christian, and The Brain Busters, being uh, Tully Branchard and Double A Arn Anderson. Why didn't you read my top ten? I'll, I'll go to your top ten. So okay. JT's votes for top ten included The Rockers, the Brain Busters, The Hollywood Blondes, Demolition, The Heart Foundation, Edge and Christian, The Rock and Roll Express, The Midnight Express, The Steiner Brothers, and The Road Warriors. Mine um, were included the Fabulous Freebirds, JT's favorite tag team in the Usos, uh, The New Age Outlaws, uh, The Rock and Roll Express, uh, Harlem Heat, the Dudley Boys, the Midnight Express, the Hardy Boys, and also the Road Warriors. So between the three of us, we have several that fall within the same uh, vein when it comes to great tag teams of all time. Now with the, the voting process here, we now you, get, you did ten and nine, and, and, and ten, nine, and eight. What was the rest of the top ten? Okay, so yeah, I said number eight is the New Age Outlaws. They had uh, fourteen votes. Uh, number seven uh, was the Harlem Heat with fifteen votes. Uh, number six, the Heart Foundation with twenty votes, and. Just beating them out were the Steiner Brothers at 21 votes. At number four, we have Edge and Christian with 23. At number three, we have the Hardy Boys with 26 votes. At number two, with 27 votes, we have the Dudley Boys. And then at number one of this list with 33 votes, the Road Warriors. That is our My brain hurts. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is the fan voted, which we thank again, all the members of Jeep Nation community, Nation of African-American, African-American wrestlers, and Turnbuckles, Tights, and Theology for voting. And that is our official top 10 fans voted top 10 tag teams of all time. Now, I'm sure at a later time, uh, when, especially when Bray comes back, we will have uh, more of a, uh, a brain child of what we think those top 10 are. And Ray, we're rooting for you one day at a time. One day at a time. <laughs> I think, I mean, come on. I mean, this, these, it's not like this list has a team on it that would not be in the conversation. 
Okay, well, okay. I'll give you. I'll give you an example. Somebody so, put Disco Inferno and Alex Wright. Okay. Someone had the nerve to do that. Okay, that's not a team that should be ever in the discussion. Okay, you know some some teams. Is Tony Schiavone one of our group in one of those groups? Nothing I'm aware of. You know, uh, he ain't black. The, the nation group is uh, doesn't allow people, non-black people in, but you know, I, it's not a group that I think Tony would seek out. And um, I don't think Tony prescribes a Christian. Why is my registration still pending? Uh, actually, if you listen to Tony's show this today, he, somehow he reads scripture every Sunday at his church, like in front of the church. His church obviously like, doesn't listen to his podcast. Duty at the church. Oh, yeah, and then they, and they said, and Conrad suggested that they stream that live on Patreon so that people can reconcile uh, the, the 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 two sides of Tony. Yeah. Okay. But. Um, um, maybe, maybe maybe Tony's doing his faith. We'll have to, you know, give him some time to, to grow. I, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna but, comment um, on that one. No. Um, and you know, uh, or maybe he's going to church with Ric Flair and hearing Flair preach. But, yeah. Come on, you knew I had to bring that up. You knew I had to bring that. Up. <laughs> I tried to avoid it, but you know, but JT had to bring it up. Yeah, he, uh, we talked about this earlier, and he's like, "We're not going to talk about this." We talked about it. Yeah, but I do have the magic of editing. I might just edit it out. Um, <laughs> but that will conclude for week for this uh, episode of Breaking Ring Rust on the G Nation Podcast Network. We thank you as always for listening, and we thank yet again. You all in the Jig Nation community on Facebook, all the votes from Turnbuckles, Tights, and Theology, and all the votes from the nation of African-American wrestling. You can find those groups both on Facebook. If you want to join them, feel free to join them. They're both active and enjoyable communities on wrestling that you will probably get uh, a lot of uh, enjoyment out of being a part of. We are the nation live and in color. Don't diss the man or we'll bum rush your mother. Yo, PG-13 and the original Nation song was dope, okay? It was. That was dope. Sometimes I will put that on YouTube and listen to it in my car just to. I like the original nation. I like y'all. I like the nation period, but I really like the original nation. You know, Crush and Savio and PG thirteen and Clarence Mason. That was that was a that was a really dope stable. And then and then they had PG thirteen get killed by Legion of Doom. Yeah, they don't don't. Yeah, we're okay. We're not going there. But thank you all for listening to yet again to Rock of Mister Magic. JT and Ray will be returning for the next episode. Real quick. Here's Real quick. your dream match. PG-13 versus Insane Clown Posse. There you How go. How did I know you were going to say ICP? Oh, my God. All right. We're <laughs> Y'all, thank you for listening. All right. Ray, get well soon. That just froze again. Miss Madness 99. And it looks really funny on my screen. Oh, is it? Uh, 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 can you, can you, am I still frozen for you there, JT? Oh, now you frozen on mine.
I should screenshot this. This is actually hilarious. So if you're listening, support us. Um, Are you there? Buy a shirt, support us so that we can get better internet so JT won't be frozen on my screen like... Well, you were you were frozen on my screen, uh, just going "Hey!" and oh, that's a great moment to freeze on. I, I I was talking smack about you on the other side. I'm sure you was. It's okay. Yeah. So 